This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. All you have to do, dial in toll-free. It's the live Saturday edition. We are here to take your calls about whatever's on your mind. And when I say we, I mean Ian. And Mark. And uh, once again, 855-450-FREE, the toll-free number here. Uh, Kate, you can bring up whatever you want. That's the point of the show. Of course, we always come to the table with something to discuss with you. And it's been a while since we've talked about old Sheriff Joe. Sheriff Joe Arpaio, the self-styled toughest sheriff in America. In my opinion, probably one of the worst uh, sheriffs in America. Though it's hard to say because there are so many sheriffs, it would be impossible to really uh, be able to assess each one of them unless you wanted to put a whole lot of time and and effort into it. But as far as the sheriffs that get national press... Uh, this guy is one of them. Uh, one of the things you never hear about sheriffs is, uh, I'm the one who's the best on civil liberties. Like nobody yeah, ever says sure. that about a sh- sure. sheriff. <laughs> and certainly Joe Arpaio does give a flip about uh, civil liberties. For those of you who don't know about Joe Arpaio, I'll give you a little bit of background. He has been in office for a long time. In fact, I believe he is running for his sixth term. Somebody must like him. And I'm not sure how long terms are. I think they may be four years down there, but I'm not I'm not clear on that. Uh, he's, he's in the Phoenix, Arizona area, and he is a sick man. Uh, he has taken peaceful people off the streets for things like immigration or drugs or some other non-crime that doesn't actually involve a victim, and has filled his jail to the point where he had to build more jail space. But I guess he, you know, couldn't get the budget for building a whole new jail, so he decided to just expand with tents and created what uh, is called Tent City, a place where people get to stay in the harsh Arizona desert. And I'm not sure that, uh, you know, the, the this part that I'm going to talk about here is entirely Sheriff Joe's fault, but let's remember that every one of these people, the vast majority, I should say, of these people are innocent. Why do I know they're innocent? Because they haven't received a trial yet. And you're innocent until proven guilty in this country. So the idea that they lock people up and then they need to get some money from them uh, for whatever reason, especially you know violation of probation and things like that, they tend to uh, lock folks up for. And like you said, most of these people. They're not in there for hurting anybody. They're not in there for doing anything, uh, you know, like stealing someone's property they haven't affected anyone but themselves you know, you know they'll be either, either immigration or drugs or something like that sure. so why not put an ankle bracelet and send them home well because they're dollar signs for sheriff joe when you can when you're operating a jail the federal government gives matching funds or something like that when it comes to keeping people in jail yeah. Well, whether it's the federal government, uh, I don't. I don't know if it's true the federal government is paying to keep people in jail so here I've in Cheshire County. Uh, I know that the feds send prisoners to this jail, and they pay each for each prisoner that they're having imprisoned as a federal prisoner. But I have not heard that they're paying fifty uh, percent of uh, of the, the cost that it takes to keep somebody in jail. Just a regular person who's not on federal charges. I haven't heard that. Uh, if you know more, feel free to enlighten us at 855-450-FREE. But people in a jail means a, a bigger budget, typically, in most places. Certainly, the taxpayers have to pay for it, if nothing else. In one way or the other, the taxpayer pays for it. Right. And, of course, it's, it's absolutely ludicrous to believe that drugs are off the streets in Phoenix, Arizona. So it's not working. As we pointed out, putting people in a jail cell for putting a you know, chemical or a plant uh, in their pocket or in their body is not solving that problem. It's not helping people get better. In fact, if you lock somebody up in a jail cell who has a drug problem, it just makes things worse for them because now they have a drug problem still and they also have no more home to live in or a job to go to. 
because when you take somebody away from their life and put them in jail, it kind of screws all that stuff up. So you've got this Joe Arpaio character. He's the sheriff of uh, Maricopa County, and he has been entrenched. I mean, people down there love this guy. Some people. A lot of other folks, uh, there's an independent media publication down there, and I'm, I'm spacing out on what they're called at the moment, but they do a real good job of keeping an eye on Sheriff Joe and uh, really calling him out, and doing a, they do a really good job of that. So there are some people down there that are definitely on the right side of things and are opposed to Sheriff Joe, but he keeps getting reelected. So somebody really likes this whole tough-on-crime thing as though... Again, it has stopped crime, as though his being tough on uh, people arrested for marijuana or some other drug is somehow stopping crime. It's not. But let's talk about what's going on with Sheriff Joe right now, because according to Salon.com, he is having a tough time. says here his world is crumbling, with fresh calls for Maricopa County Sheriff Joe Arpaio to face a federal criminal trial. Many are predicting the end of his controversial career. What few people realize outside metropolitan Phoenix is how much Arpaio's world has already fallen apart around him. One by one, Arpaio's closest allies have been forced from power or severed support, leaving the combative 79-year-old sheriff, 79, seeking his sixth term, increasingly isolated and vulnerable as emboldened foes sharpen their attacks. The latest Arpaio political supporter to fall is former Maricopa County attorney Andrew Thomas, who was disbarred on April 10th for engaging in unethical conduct to intimidate and smear his and Arpaio's political adversaries. Now, maybe for those of you who've listened to the show for a while, you may remember a news story that we did about Joe Arpaio and his thugs actually going into city the city building and raiding their files. Like, literally holding the city uh, employees hostage while they came in and raided the city's files. Like, this guy doesn't even get along with the bureaucrats in his own organization, or at least that are ancillary to his organization. They're bad. He's the best sheriff in the country. They must be bad. Yeah, and it's like the stuff— And he's chasing after Obama, making—because he knows what's up with the birth certificate, too. Oh, I've heard that there are people touting him for that. Yeah. So I guess he's a hero to some people because of that. Nobody nobody cares about Sheriff Joe. I mean, if he's got the goods in Obama, well, let's lay him out. Well, okay, whatever. But no, you know, let's focus on Obama rather than focus on the human rights abuses, right? Sure. Uh, so you've got this guy who's basically dehydrating people. The tent city, there have been people who have died, I believe, or come close to dying because they didn't have access to water out in tent city or the appropriate water that they needed. Uh, they, you've got, uh, they're feeding people the absolute lowest of the low quality food that you possibly can. Arpaio brags about how he spends 40 cents per meal down there. So he's bragging about how cheap. How little he's spending. Right. I ju- mean, if you want to spend less on feeding inmates, let them go, put right. ankle bracelets on them, and let them stay at home until they're found guilty. Remember, they're innocent until proven guilty. If you've got a problem with how slow the judicial system is, I'm with you. But why in the world does the average taxpayer have to pay to keep these people in jail? And if you think that you can mount an effective defense from inside of a jail cell, you're wrong. I mean... You know, putting somebody in jail is just a way to make poor people plead out. Yeah, it's hard enough at at the- this point, and, and this is probably something that the vast majority of listeners don't know. More than ninety nine percent, I guess I should say, fewer than one percent, fewer than one percent of cases get brought to trial. 
Why do you suppose that is? It's because people do a cost-benefit analysis in their head and say, well, you know, I mean, obviously the, the, the police aren't so efficient that they're only, uh, you know, less than 1% wrong. Who thinks that? So they're doing a cost-benefit analysis in their head and saying, well, this isn't worth it. I'm just going to plead out. I'd rather yeah, go to jail than be, or rather be in prison than here. It's bad enough being in jail here in Cheshire County where the jail library is an absolute joke, uh, but I can't imagine being in jail at Tent City. That sounds absolutely horrific. Anyway, a stinging 247-page opinion written by a three-member Arizona State Supreme Court disciplinary panel supporting the disbarment of this county attorney, this buddy of uh, Joe Arpaio's, they wrote a 247-page opinion saying that there was, be- beyond a reasonable doubt, they concluded that Thomas, the attorney, had violated federal civil rights laws. I now, can only imagine the, the amount of evidence they must have had to actually find one of uh, you know, the government uh, bureaucrats guilty of well, something. Well, hold on a second, Mark. He hasn't actually been charged with anything. Just let go. Right. He has, uh, there's been a stinging opinion written, 247 page, but it hasn't been stinging enough to bring about any criminal charges, charges yeah. against this guy. So he has been uh, terminated, or rather, excuse me, disbarred, which means he can no longer be the, the county attorney because he's not an attorney anymore. But while Thomas hasn't been criminally charged, the opinion made it crystal clear that his unethical and allegedly illegal conduct was the result of his unholy collaboration, those are words from the, uh, the opinion, with Arpaio, also a Republican, to use their law enforcement powers to retaliate against critics. If you are a critic of Joe Arpaio in the media or in public somehow, they're going to figure out a way to come after you. 855-453, but more about how his world is crumbling. And if you think Arpaio is somehow a good guy, I'd love to hear from you. 855-453. The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Did you know they're having a conference? Meet fellow entrepreneurs, investors, engineers, maritime professionals, and other forward-thinking individuals and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. It's May 31st to June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. Special rates for students and the press. Get a discount with promo code FTL. Get registered at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Seasteading.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. Your toll-free number for you to bring up whatever you want, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com is the place to go. Lots of features there await you, including the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com, see them, and if you're a lady listener, get details on how to become part of the Shrine. Again, shrine.freetalklive.com. Raja Mojo, the liberty-oriented rock and roll band that we've been talking about for a couple of months here on Free Talk Live, uh, would like to thank everybody who has gone and listened to their songs at uh, YouTube and downloaded their songs at cdbaby.com. I went over there and downloaded the songs. It was really easy. It uh, cost me $3.16 to get all four of their songs. And uh, all the folks that have driven them up the charts. And if you want to promote liberty-oriented music, you still have the opportunity. Go to cdbaby.com. Buy some of Raja Mojo's songs there. It's uh, R-A-J-A. Uh, M-O-J-O, Raja Mojo at cdbaby.com. All right, so we'll continue here. Uh, There's news over at salon.com about Joe Arpaio, the self-styled 
toughest sheriff in America, who, in my opinion, is probably the worst sheriff in America. He doesn't care about your liberty. He is not interested in human rights. He has Tent City, which is renowned for just treating people like garbage. These are human beings, and they... Some of them, yes, did something wrong. Some other people in his jail certainly are violent people. But I don't think that means that they should be forced to sit out in the hot desert sun and possibly die of dehydration and eat moldy, rotting bologna and other food that is just absolute bottom-of-the-barrel garbage. I mean, if you want to turn somebody's life around, maybe you should treat them with a little bit more, I don't know, humanity? Isn't that the purpose behind corrections is to correct somebody's behavior well the reason the they got rid of uh you know <laughs> the reason they don't use rehabilitation is because you know they they just going to use the term correction they don't believe in rehabilitation remember we're talking about a jail here not a prison so arpaio is not running a place where people who are serious violent dangerous criminals are going to stay some time prisons prisons usually hold the most violent people for the longest period of time jails hold people that are you know violations misdemeanors things like that uh they're in for typically less than a year in most places i would say that's an accurate statement so let's go to you and your thoughts there's more here from salon but i want to get you out there uh, and get your thoughts on this especially if you're somebody that thinks sheriff joe is somehow doing good work let's go to adam listening in south carolina charleston's wscs FM. Hey, Adam. How y'all doing today? That's great. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say uh, I only get y'all a show one night a week, which kind of stinks. I'd rather listen to y'all Monday through Friday than uh, Michael Savage. Well, thank you. Kind of a wacko. Um, but, but as far as uh, the sheriff goes, from what I understand, I think he's doing a fantastic job. He's making, he's making jail a miserable place to be, which keeps people from wanting to go there. Now, I understand they're not going to necessarily serve long periods of time there, such as prisons. But at the same time, you still have the same people before they go to prison. They have to go to jail. That's where that's the intermediate step in between. Have you ever it's been to jail? Correctional facility. Have I ever been there? Yeah. Yeah, to I any- had to spend uh, eight hours there for playing poker in South Carolina. Now, where now? So you were in a South Carolina jail. Was it Charleston? Uh, yeah. So what was it like for the eight hours? Yeah, it was kind of crappy. Kind of crap. Did you have to post a bond? And and a bunch of retards. Did you have to post a bond, or did they give you an ROR? Uh, no, I got a uh, PR bond. Now, imagine for a second that you didn't get a bond, um, and or d- didn't get a PR bond, but you had, uh, you know, you had to pay some money, and you didn't have the money to pay. Do you think that your life would have been better, and you would have learned more if you would have stayed? Um, no, but I definitely don't want to go back, and it was a crappy one. I'd hate to go back to a really crappy one like he he. Uh, Absolutely, he hey, so, so there's no doubt the, about it. But the, let's let's not forget the here. Baloney. I mean, and that that's five, ten years of uh, of people consistently saying that over and over. But it's been proven over and over again that he he doesn't run it that way. What he does is he gives you a really crappy meal that gives basic sustenance and. It's a place you don't want to be. So let me see if now, I've got you this. You can only cl- rehab people so much in a short period of time. Hold on a second, Adam. I just want to understand. You know, as somebody who spent time in jail, do you feel like you would have, uh, you know, would it have been been a better time, a more learning experience for you if they'd shackled you to the wall and hung you from, you know, some sort of suspension, uh, and you know, just generally made your time there absolute hell? I mean, would that have helped you? Well, you're comparing apples to orangutans there because that's not what's happening. 
Well, so no, I'm just asking you. You see, you take, you're taking the position, Adam. You're taking the position that Jarapayo's jail is better because it's more harsh than the average jail. And I'm asking you, I'm, I'm, would have, would you have been more dissuaded from playing poker uh, in the future if you had been forced to sit out in the hot sun and been dehydrated and been treated like garbage? In the eight hours I spent there, I ran into a bunch of people that all thought they were law professors, and and a bunch of them thinking that. Uh, congregating with one another, saying how they can beat each other's charges and all this other stuff. What you find is you, you get a bunch of uh, people together that you, they just make smarter criminals. Let, let's make them, let's make it more harsh for them so that way they don't want to be there So you do all. think that okay. you should, I just so, I didn't get an answer out of you though. I mean, you feel like you should that? have been treated more harshly then in jail. Do I feel like I could have been treated more harshly? You should, should you have been treated more harshly? No. Now, well, let's get this under under understanding real quick as well. I, I agree with you that there are a lot of rules and restrictions in this country that shouldn't be there. there there's a lot of laws on the book that mm-hmm. should not be there. We're, we're not in a disagreement there. But say somebody beats up a member of your family or robs a member of your family or rapes or murders a member of That's your family. That's the purpose of jail. Hold on. No, there's an entirely different situation TV. here. No, you don't. Look, 92% of the people in federal prison are not in there for a violent crime. So therefore, you're, you're pulling out the 8%, shaking it around like it's doing something. Now, let's be abundantly clear. The majority of these people haven't raped, killed, murdered, or stole anything they're in there for drug they're in there for vop i mean i was in prison with a guy that was in there for riding around without a motorcycle helmet because he was on probation people get locked up for all kinds of crazy stuff the thing we need to also consider is that everybody who's in jail the vast excuse me the vast majority of people in sheriff joe's jail haven't done anything wrong they are not guilty they are innocent yes i do because they haven't been convicted by a jury of their peers once they're convicted by a jury of their peers that's when they become guilty in this country where we have yeah, the rule of law. Any, you said they didn't do anything wrong. No, I said that you, they were not guilty, and then right. I corrected myself been, after saying not guilty to innocent. Are you okay, saying you they aren't innocent? You can't have a conversation if you're talking at the calm same time. Calm down, calm down. You, I'm just saying they're here. innocent. You, you guys can't have a conversation if you're talking at the same time. No, it's, sad I, to listen. it's sad to listen to this, Adam, because you know, as somebody who's spent time in jail, I would think that you would have a better grasp on how it works. When you get arrested, you get taken to jail. Most people in jail are idiots. I have to agree with that. You, you, when you get yeah. arrested, you get taken to jail and that's where you sit unless you can come up with the money for the bond or unless you happen to get released on recognizance. So there are plenty of people sitting in every jail in this country right now who have not been convicted of anything yet. They're awaiting trial. So those people are sitting in Joe Arpaio's jail, plus all the people that have never heard anybody else who have been convicted of nonsense. And you agreed there's a bunch of nonsense laws, but yet here you are advocating for the most harsh uh, jail conditions as possible. What? It just there's a huge disconnect there. Huge. Uh, well, no, see, see, here's the problem that I have is I don't believe giving them cable television and air conditioning is going to change any one of their lives into, oh, I got cable TV and I got air conditioning. I don't want to do this again. Thanks for Come the call, now. Adam. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. What about, what about compassion? Maybe they would change their Lots lives. Of jails have air conditioning. It doesn't make people want to come back. Maybe me. it would change their lives better if people cared about these folks rather than treating them like dirt. It's Free Talk Live. 
What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number here for you, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us over on our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got news updates. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com, and you can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook. Head over to news.freetalklive.com and get signed up there for free. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival or shooting gear manventureoutpost.com carries knives ammunition scopes binoculars laser sights tactical flashlights fish finders boating equipment they've got all the name brands and they've got them at rates you probably haven't been able to find on the internet especially collected in one place it's manventureoutpost.com i've got a couple of good friends that are uh, big outdoors enthusiasts and they were stunned by the uh, low prices at manventureoutpost.com and uh, they're members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and they're family-owned and operated. And you can get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL at ManVentureOutpost.com. It's coupon code FTL at ManVentureOutpost.com. All right. We, we've been discussing Sheriff Joe Arpaio, the self-styled toughest sheriff in America, and some of the human rights violations that he is engaging in, specifically Tent City, the conditions in which he is keeping human beings. Uh, and there was a guy just on the phone a moment ago uh, who was basically Adam? advocating, Adam from uh, South Carolina, who was saying, you know, Sheriff Joe's got it right. We need to make sure these jails are as uncomfortable and as nasty and as undesirable as possible because we really want to punish these people and teach them a lesson. Well, okay, so... Does that work? I, I used to have this attitude, this crime and punishment attitude. And for one, the first thing that maybe Adam and I would agree on, because he did you know, sort of back off a little bit um, in his statement that there's too many laws and that kind of thing, is that the vast majority of people who are in jail shouldn't be in jail. Um, if you're not a danger to the rest of the world and a danger a flight danger, then you shouldn't be in jail. Absolutely. Those are the only purposes of jail. Jail is a place in America where we keep innocent people. Please remember this. That's what it's for. We're not talking about prison here. Prisons is a place in America where we keep guilty people. Well, people in jail can sometimes be guilty. There are times, but I'll bet you in Joe Arpaio's prison, if you are convicted, you are probably an orderly or trustee, and therefore you get better treatment. The vast majority of people who are out in Tent City wearing pink underwear and the 120 mm. degree sun are innocent You're, because they haven't been convicted. Well, you don't know. You're speculating on that I've point. been in, in more jails in more times than the most of the people okay. who are listening, yourself included. That's fine. Okay? And I'm just telling you how they generally operate. Very few people in jail as a percentage, it's, uh, you know, small percentage of people are convicted. Most of them are awaiting trial. Okay. All right. So now, now you go on, and once we start saying, let's take the bad people, the people that are dangerous and the people that are a flight risk, and put them into a place like jail, and that way we could hope we can uh, turn them around, I think that as a penitentiary, that it's a place for penance, that that's true to some extent, until 
that person reaches a point for themselves. And there's no way for the system to know this point. And this is why I think that there's a problem with taking bad people, putting them together with other bad people in a bad place and treating them badly and then expecting to release them to be good. To be good seems a little misguided to me. And here's the reason. Yes, that moment until they feel that, that level of penance and then they become bitter. Because, well, they've reached the level of penance, they've, they've been penant for quite some time, and now what's that penance doing for them? Nothing. They're still going to do their time no matter how much uh, penance they feel. So that's when they become embittered towards the, the other inmates, towards the officers, towards the, the government, towards everyone. And then you've created a worse criminal. Why? Because you've taken the criminal, put him around other criminals. I learned how to hotwire a Ford while I was in prison. And do home invasions. And do, uh, no, it was a bank, a bank robberies. Um, you know, some guy gave instructions on these things. I mean, I learned all these things within the first few months. Didn't you months. say that it was in jail that uh, guys were oh, talking yeah, about home, going in uh, right. as the police in a home invasion? Right. They would always yell po- police uh, before they did, uh, you know, home invasions. So I guess so, that's a tactic. Let's continue here with your thoughts. I think this whole punishment mentality, it misses the mark. And it's typical in America. I think I probably held these same viewpoints at, at one time in the past as well, because that's what we're all raised on. You do something bad, you get, uh, you know, you get punished. But what if it were different? What if instead of uh, just sitting in a cage, being treated like garbage, you actually had to make good? What, what if you actually had to make the victim whole again? Because when you're sitting in that cage, if somebody, somebody commits a real crime and actually hurts somebody or steals something or whatever, they've actually created a victim. Sitting in a cage doesn't help the victim. That person sitting in the cage doesn't make the victim whole again or as close to whole as possible. Obviously, we're talking about murder or rape. You can't really completely be whole in those instances, but uh, you could be at least restituted to some extent. And certainly theft can be restituted in most cases, unless we're talking about, you know, the Clockman Diamond or some sort of one one size thing that can't be found anywhere else that's special to you. Your grandmother gave it to you or something like that. Yeah, most but, people uh, have a price for something that's been stolen from them. Right. So, uh, so instead of that person sitting in a cage, Maybe they could work off what they did wrong. Maybe they could make payments to you and be productive not only for society but also produce in that they're paying back their victims. That would seem to be the most effective way to to get real justice where the victim is actually made as close to whole as possible and the individual who is uh, – who has done the the wrong is given the opportunity to make a better life for themselves rather than just sitting in a cage. But let's go back to you and your thoughts here. Jim is listening in northern Michigan to WBCK in Battle Creek. Hey, Jim. Hey, gentlemen. Hey, go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, well, first off, you both admit that you're, uh, you've, you've spent some time in jail. Sure. I mean, welcome to America. Ian's, Ian's been in for, uh, for civil disobedience. Okay. okay. No, that, that's fine. Um, Got all the information but you need, huh? If okay. you would have had um, known that you would have gone to a place like that, you 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 might have a second thought about breaking the law. Well, first I mean, of all, the law that I broke was I stood in front of a police car as they were attempting to kidnap a peaceful young lady from the local park here in Keene, New Hampshire. And I knew that there was a possibility that jail time would come out of that. And one of the reasons I moved to Keene, New Hampshire, was because one of the jail here is not Tent City. It is not one of the scariest places in the world. So basically, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm here because the jail is a better, uh, better choice here. Because they treat people more humanely, I would not want to take the same risks that I, uh, I am currently taking. And a lot of people would say that civil disobedience is a really important factor to why it is we're here with the, you know, the rights that we still 
still have today because people were willing to stand up and face jail and possibly go to a, into a cage because of standing what for uh, standing up for what they believe in. So uh, yeah, I think it's pretty important for people to stand up for what they believe in and not be starved to death as a result of that. Don't you? These guys aren't being. I, I I don't know the full story behind this thing, but I mean, you guys you sound like um, it, uh, you're you're being one-sided. I guess I'm going to start out. <laughs> Twenty-four years in the military, and I'm still in the military. I've been I've been deployed to Iraq, 2005. I spent most of my year in Iraq in a tent. Okay, so now you're talking about conditions about a jail person, someone that has broken the law, and your U.S. dollars are sending your soldiers to protect this country. (laughs) You think you were protecting the country in Iraq? you got to be kidding me. Okay, guys. Uh, All right. You you in the military, sir, have not protected me one bit. You, by being in the military and going and doing what politicians tell you to do, people like George Bush and Barack Obama, you have oh, put okay. me in greater danger, now, Jim. Oh, oh, okay. So now, if we didn't have the military here, who's going to protect your front door? Well, uh, the military, you weren't <laughs> here protect protecting your... my front door. You were just saying that not, you were helping the I'm not talking away. about your house. I'm talking about our homeland. Well, okay. Our homeland. Yeah, we How many Iraqis there? attacked the United States? How many Afghanis, for that here. matter? How many, if if we were not here... I'm not saying the United there. States military should go away. I'm saying the United States military should protect me from enemies foreign and domestic. And frankly, I believe that many of the, uh, the, the people in Washington, D.C. are enemies domestic. Jim, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. You're out in a tent by choice, dude. And you've got plenty of water well, and uh, plenty of food. They're spending a lot of money to air condition those tents that's in Afghanistan, true. too. I mean, and how, I think how, the, the diesel fuel's $200 a gallon. Halliburton's bringing over all kind of water and food for you. Uh, so, yeah, it's not the same at all. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the Internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Toll free. Live Saturday edition of the program. Here with you tonight. It's Ian and Mark. one 855 is the number. Lines are loaded. 855-450-3733. If you're on hold, be patient. We will get to you and your thoughts. We've been discussing jail conditions. Uh, Joe Arpaio, the psycho sheriff out of Phoenix. And we'll continue with your calls in moments. The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Do you know that they're having a conference? You can meet fellow entrepreneurs, investors, engineers, ocean law experts, maritime professionals, and other forward-thinking individuals and discover where you fit in to the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. You can, uh, they're going to have it from May the 31st through June the 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. If you're out on the West Coast, this is the place to be. There are special rates for students of the press. You can get uh, use promo code FTL. 
at seasteading.freetalklive.com to get an additional discount. It's seasteading.freetalklive.com. Special rate for Free Talk Live listeners at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Don't forget, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you like the fact that uh, we bring you the website for free and all the features there are, are free, well, you can help support the show on a voluntary basis by shopping with us. You can go to shop.freetalklive.com, and that's where you'll link into Amazon. We've got different Amazons for different countries there. So there's Amazon UK, Amazon US, Amazon Canada. Just click on the one that's right for you, and then Free Talk Live will get a portion of your purchase price. You're getting the same great Amazon deals and selection that you're used to, and Free Talk Live is getting a cut when you enter through shop.freetalklive.com. So just start your shopping there, shop.freetalklive.com. Right back to the phones and the fun. Let's talk to Bill listening in Virginia to WNIS. Hey, Bill. Oh, thank you all for having me on. Um, I, I want to tell you that I agree with, <clears throat> agree with y'all pretty much 85, 90% of the time. That's I mean, pretty for good. years, I've, I've voted Republican across the board, and I really, you know, have become a constitutionalist and seen, and if I could, you know, throw it in there, um, first of all, I, I agree with you on a lot of things that Sheriff Arpaio is doing. Um, you know, that, that, yes, he's under investigation, you know, by the, you know, by the feds, and um, that it's obvious that there are people in there. I mean, I'm a guy you're talking to. I got four, five, six misdemeanors, you know, DUIs, driving on suspension. I live in Virginia. I've had a concealed care permit for 20 years. I'm no felon. And um, I shove it down their throat every chance I get. I live through a restraining order. Um, you know, but I'm, I'm not in jail or anything like that. And, you know, those things, I had two DUIs 20 years ago, and I got a DUI a year ago. Mm. And after being through a marriage, I know it was a really bad thing to happen to me, and I'm trying to learn my lesson. Um, do, you, do you think you would have learned say, your lesson better had you uh, spent time in the middle of the desert uh, being, you know, basically tortured, not being able to access uh, the appropriate amount of water? Well, you don't want me to go there because, I mean, if it was in the desert or whatever, I mean, no, I mean, this was years ago, you know, when I was 20, I'm 45 now, mm-hmm. and... I mean, you know, you can call it what you want. I mean, I have, you know, three DUIs, and two of them were 20 years ago, and it was a year ago. Um, I'm dealing with it and trying to get on with life. But by the same token, I see what is going on, you know, right there, and I will agree with you, you know, on what you're saying on a whole big scale, that there are people in there being held that shouldn't be being held for three months waiting on a trial because, you know, they were driving down the road. They don't have the money to get out of jail, and they threw a joint out the door. Yeah, you know, or or, or there was a there was a roach in the ashtray. I'll be the first one to say that. By the same token, I will say that if you cannot produce American documentation as a citizen, your ass, excuse me, your butt should be deported. And this is the problem that you know the feds are not. How doing do you prove? Hold on, let me let me stop you there. Can you prove you're a citizen? Yes, sir. How? I certainly can. I had a birth certificate from Newport News, Virginia, 1960. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. What's the definition of citizen? Well, the definition of citizen is someone who was born here. Oh, no, 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 no. Nope. Actually, if or you look up the definition of citizen. Excuse me. I'm sorry? Okay. Oh, or born on American property. Nope, nope. That's not the definition of citizen. Let me okay. give you. The, let me give you the definition. You can check me. It's in, uh, you know, law okay. dictionaries and regular dictionaries, so I'm not, you know, playing some kind of no legal, legal game here. The definition of a citizen is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. Is that right, Mark? That's, right what, that's that? the definition. So uh, so the, do you understand what that means? You owe a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. Meaning, to the United States government. Right. Or to whichever government right. of which you're a citizen. So meaning that uh, you will do as they tell you in return for them protecting you, right? That's the, the supposed deal of citizenship. 
if and and I, I you know I have to agree with you eighty or ninety percent. I also have to disagree with the last caller who's worried about whose front door he's protecting. What we should worry about is, and I'm with you. What we should worry about is why Homeland Security just got forty, you know, four uh, million, you know, forty caliber um, bullets, and you know, two hundred and fifty some uh, million. 223 bullets. And sure, and they've also got this re-education camp thing planned. But hold on, there was a point I was getting to on this whole I'm citizen sorry. thing. So now that you know what a citizen is, you still have to prove that you are one, right? So you could say, well, I have a duty of allegiance and they have an obligation to protect me. But that's where you'd be wrong, because the government doesn't have an obligation to protect you. No government has an obligation, at least in this country, to protect you. The feds, state, local governments, Supreme Court has ruled over and over again. Go ahead, Google no obligation to protect. Look at the first three results. You'll find court case after court case where the Supreme Court has made it clear that they have no obligation to protect you whatsoever. So therefore, there are no citizens. Sorry to break the Brad, uh, bad news to you. If you're absolutely right, and uh, I mean, what you just said, there's no argument here. Let's just think about one thing. If this president is reelected and he gets one more appointment to the Supreme Court, you're not going to have to worry about protecting yourself because the Second Amendment is going to be gone. I don't know. I mean, what's, what's he, what kind of moves has he made against the Second Amendment um, in his first term? Well, uh, what I mean, what, selling guns in Mexico? I mean, well, Bush is probably doing that, too. You know, I just talked to a returning Air Force uh, MP the other day. I asked him, I was, he, was from, he was from Afghanistan. I looked at him, I said, how are the poppy fields doing? And the guy looks at me, and he's reserved. He just got back, and it's the second one in four months. And I know you can't substantiate this. I said, how are the poppy fields? He goes, that's no longer part of our mission. We're in the drug business. We're in the gun business. We're definitely losing respect, and I'm telling you what's going to happen. Civil unrest is coming here. Well, I can tell you whether or not Obama wins or Mitt Romney wins, it's not going to change a damn thing. <laughs> not going to yeah, change, not gonna change anything. Much. Hey, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight, Bill. I appreciate hearing Thank from you. you. 855-450-FREE. So I wanted to make sure we got that citizen thing out real clear. Well, I'm going to have to agree with beings. the caller. I think we'd be better off in the world if we just brought the military back. Now, I have a problem with the protecting our borders mantra because I think that free people should be able to cross borders of free countries freely. And I always am concerned. Where, what, is somebody's, what, what is somebody's concern here? Do they think that uh, people coming from Mexico are uh, committing crimes? Do, you know, Not the crime of crossing some imaginary line in the sand. I mean, real crimes, harming people, stealing their stuff. Do they think that they're stealing our jobs? Because the evidence from an economic standpoint shows that they're not. Stealing our jobs. job eating Mexicans. Right. I mean, you know, there's all kinds of <laughs> underlying concerns what, that people have about um, illegal immigrants. My concern is that if I live, if I was born on the other side of that dirt, and this is where the good jobs were, and this is how I could raise my family the best, this is where I would want to be. And as a Mexican citizen, it's very, very, very difficult to be able to come across the border and live in the United States. Mark, I'd bet you that the Mexican Supreme Court has determined that they have no obligation to protect their so-called sure citizens that's true either. Too. So there probably aren't any Mexican citizens. Well, I, I understand. This, the term yeah. citizen does mean something to people. It, it does. Really, and it they really don't know means, what it means. They don't know what it means. It right. means that the government claims to own you. That's what it means. <laughs> right. Citizen's really just a new term for surf. Yeah. It's just a nicer term for surf. It doesn't have all the same baggage. Uh, and, you know, they don't, really, they don't really want to call you subject yeah, anymore subject, either. Yeah, you know, they, that, that's a term that used to be used even in uh, It's used the in States. New Hampshire. If you look at the new—we're we're here in New Hampshire. If you look at New Hampshire statutes, it calls you subject. The police everywhere, almost everywhere, call people subjects. <laughs> Not suspect, subjects. 855 Why do you think that is? 
You know, I actually had a chance to ask a cop that when I was kind of sounds conspiratorial when, to me. When I was on trial, I had a cop that, uh, had a chance to ask a cop that, and he didn't have any idea. I don't think there's a conspiracy involved. It's certainly not at the lower levels, but I, the word means something, doesn't it? I mean, people, the, the people well, that write you have laws. The subject of a sentence. That subject isn't being. The subject uh, of the government is the term, the way it, the term is used here in New Hampshire. And the people that write laws are very, very particular about the words that they use. These they are have lawyers. To be. Yeah, they're laws. In a, in a lot of uh, cases. And so, you know, the word subject means something. 855 450 free. Let's continue here. We've got Chris listening in San Jose. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yeah, I wanted to say that, you know, you don't put someone in jail as a country club. You make ass. I'm pleasant as possible. I went to jail for something I didn't even do. And it was unpleasant. You don't put TVs with cable TV and air conditioning. Well- you know, tell right, you want you want the jail you want the uh, the people in the jail to fight and beat one another up because having a television set there can kind of calm things down. A lot a of jail bit. guards like television sets because it makes the things calmer. Thanks Plus, televisions are a great educational Chris. tool. I mean, don't you want people in jail to be educated? It's relatively easy to educate people with a television set. I, I, I've been having been to jail. I can say that those convicts they love the TV set, mm. and I don't know what they would do if they didn't have the TV set to watch. They would have to be doing something else, and that might be starting fights or doing who knows what violent activity. What can I- Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. take control of the airwaves, all you have to do is dial in toll-free. 855-450-FREE is the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. The website has a variety of features, and we give them all away. So head over there and enjoy them on us. You can actually control the content of the site as well. So if you find something online that you think is interesting and you'd like to share it with us and our listeners, you can submit it as show prep on the site and then others vote as to whether or not they like or dislike what it is you've suggested the most liked make it to the front page in the top of the site so head over get interactive at freetalklive.com for those of you just tuning in we are in the middle of a discussion that started on the the topic of joe arpaio he is the so-called toughest sheriff in america as though getting tough on crime has ever done a damn thing to uh to put a stop to crime uh he locks people in his tent city where folks, because he's run out of room in the jail, because he's been filling the jail with all kinds of innocent humans who've never harmed another human being, people uh, for so-called drug crimes or immigration or, you know, you fill in the blank of no victim, no crime. Uh, He's been loading up his jail, so he had to build Tent City where he keeps people outside in the hot desert day and night, uh, limited access to water, the food is absolute dreck, and it's just terrible. And I don't think human beings should be treated in this way. But yet there's a certain segment of the population, and Mark, you said you used to used to come at it from this perspective, that believes that the harsher you treat people, the better. We're going to beat some sense into these folks here. 
And I just don't see any evidence that that's effective at all. Seems like, uh, you know, to some extent, it's, you know, it's going to be offset by making them embittered. Let's go to you and your thoughts, though, and get to uh, Ken listening in Indy to WXNT. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. It's Kim, actually. Kim, K-I-M? Tim, T-I-M. Tim, all right, Tim. Go ahead with your thoughts. (laughs) Uh, You kind of just stole my thunder. What I was getting ready to say is I I don't like anything that Joe does whatsoever. And if you talk to a lot of criminals, um, I would say that jail probably isn't at the top of the list as their deterrent, rather it's Kent City or your basic county jail that people are going to commit crimes and make stupid decisions, whether drug involved or just other kinds of crimes. And it would be interesting to see if crime has even went down in his county because of these harsh conditions. You know, I mean, I don't really think that by him doing this, somebody is going to stop what they were getting ready what crime well, they were getting ready to commit and say, oh, well, I don't want to go to Tent City. You understand what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you know, th- this is something that is very difficult for rational people who are, and there's, you know, vast majority of people listening are rational, rational people to understand is that the most people in prison didn't think for a second what the consequences were going to be for whatever it was Ab- that they did. They didn't want to get caught, no doubt. Right. But, right. A- you know, absolutely. whatever, if it was going to be, one year or four years. They didn't weigh that out in their minds. Um, now, you know, the poss- one can make the claim that somebody who's locked up for four years can't commit crimes in those amount of times, but, you know, there's things to offset that, too. The, the vast majority of people don't commit crimes after the age of 25 and, you know, all kinds of other evidence that uh, can go into these things. Right, and, and I've worked in the jail system, juvenile and adult, and you will see the they like you said, they don't think they're going to get caught, first of all. And second of all, they don't weigh those op- the, the consequences anyway. So there's the, the first problem. And, yeah, if somebody went to Tent City at the time, they're probably saying, yeah, this sucks, man, I don't want to come back. But once you get out, it's a whole new ball game. People are going to do what they're going to do and want to do. Ken, thanks for the call. Thanks for the thoughts. Appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. Let's continue with Caleb listening to WNIS in Virginia. Caleb, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good to listen to you fellas this evening. Um, I did actually live in Maricopa County. Yikes. uh, For six years. Um, And I'm very familiar with the politics there. Um, I have very mixed opinions about Sheriff Arpaio. A lot of what you say is true. The Phoenix New Times is a publication involved. That's the one I was uh, thinking of. Can, They've been on his case them. for a long time. Yeah, people can read about it online ad nauseum. But the the reason he keeps getting reelected is because of his law and order stance. He's a media hound, and there is a large contingent of retirees mm. in Sun City and City West these yeah. old farts don't do anything wrong, and they just want to be safe. Yep. Okay, and Sheriff Joe caters to them. Yep. And another thing is, um, you know, I have to disagree with you guys. Uh, Sheriff Joe, the, the one positive thing about him is he does stand up, and he goes out and he arrests illegal immigrants. That now, is not a nation, positive. That, a no, nation without borders they is haven't a nation heard that, that, let him, let a nation. Him. A nation without borders is a nation that ceases to be a nation. There's no such thing as a nation anyway. It's guys, only in your mind, dude. Guys, libert- you're libertarians, you need to understand that. Caleb. Okay? Caleb. 80% of the population supports 
my position on this. And you well, guys, that's, that much is absolutely true. I'm not going to argue fallacy. with that at all. That you've got uh, that you've got 80 percent of the people on your side. It's true, true, argumentum true. ad populum. Logical but fallacy. I would. It, it is a logical fallacy that ha- you know having not all the people are always right. I mean, you know, there was a time in this Americans hist- in America history where you could find 80 percent of the people in a given land mass would have said that slavery was a good thing. Right. Um, so you know that doesn't make it right, but. You know, my question on illegal immigrants is how does a nation without you, you've made this platitude, a nation without borders ceases to exist. How does that happen? I think we might have lost him. I apologize. He uh, appears to have dropped off the line. Do you think he, so he hung made, up or I did not press press anything. So, yeah, he, he appears to have hung up. OK, well, but you can ask it to the ether, Mark. Yeah. How, I mean, how could that happen? I, I don't know. I mean, there are plenty of places in the world where it's easy to cross borders. Uh, they're, they're getting fewer and fewer because the United States government is putting a lot of pressure on a lot of countries because they're trying to enact their drug war across the globe. Um, and so they're making it more difficult for people to you know, go other places. Hey, you want this funding? You're going to have to do this, this, and this. And they hand down these edicts to these governments, and they'll take the funding and do whatever they're going to do with it. Likely, they're not going to serve their own people. But it's become more difficult in the last three decades to cross borders. But, you know, I mean, through most of this world's history, borders have been these porous things across which people traveled. Toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. The United States government didn't even have any immigration laws until the 1880s. That means that it existed from the 1780s with the, the advent of the Constitution or 1776, with the Articles of Federation, whatever you want, um, without borders at all. What about the jobs, Mark? What happened to the jobs? People came and they did the work and some people did it for more, some people did it for less and, you know, the people who did it for less and did a good job likely got the work and the people who did bad jobs and charged more lost the work and they went on to do something else that they were more suited to do or whatever. These things See, here's a neat happen. thing. All of these object, all of the objections to the idea of people coming here to make a better life for themselves, because that's why most people want to come here. It's not to commit crimes. They want to come here to make a better life for themselves. And but, if you want to get rid of the freeloaders by the way you get rid of the freeloader programs the we don't have we don't have a problem in this country with immigration we have a problem in this country with freebie giveaways that draw people that Absolutely. just want to do nothing and sit on their butt but what i don't think com- most um, immigrants feel that way but one of the big complaints though and we hear a lot is the jobs right they're going to take our jobs and well back in the 1700s there were jobs then right and immigrants were coming in theory taking the jobs how come we didn't just run out of jobs that's because it's not a zero-sum game there aren't just a finite amount of jobs out there the as the market continues to expand as more people come into the marketplace and participate in it more people from the outside right. coming in and participating well, there's a greater demand for services that's because those people live places they drive things they eat right. things they, they have all <laughs> kinds of they want entertainment they drink beer they do whatever it is that Americans do. They got to take care of their kids. I mean, yeah. Sure. They send a certain amount of their paycheck home. And yeah, absolutely. Some of them have a higher tolerance for living in more compact quarters than others. Absolutely. But if you allow them to come here with their families, perhaps they wouldn't live as in, co- in such compact quarters. If they just come in here and essentially it's a bunch of dudes that want to live in uh, bunkhouses so that they can yeah. work and make some money so they can get back out of here because they're being chased like dogs. Well, you know. That's what you're going to get what you right. create. It's it's crazy. I mean, to, to suggest that uh, spending all kinds of money, time, and effort to round up people and then put them in a, a prison cell or eject them from the country. Immigration officers, border patrol agents, they don't create wealth. Nope. 
Bill, they, they do siphon off millions, if they not have billions big of dollars. And big pensions. 855 450 freeze, the SACL CAI toll free line. If you don't want to hire somebody from outside of an arbitrary landmass, that should be your choice. But otherwise, let me hire somebody if I want to. It's Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at spendbitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via spendbitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.spendbitcoins.com. Once again, that's spendbitcoins.com. Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You can bring up anything you want, though, of course, uh, we've got a lot on the table already from what we've been discussing, including the crazy Sheriff Joe Arpaio and his awful tent city and the terrible things that him and his associates do there in Phoenix. We actually barely scratched the surface of a Salon.com article that gets into what is happening to some of Sheriff Joe's associates. They're in pretty big trouble. Old Sheriff Joe's managed to insulate himself from uh, from that trouble pretty effectively, but not all of his buddies have uh, been so fortunate. Uh, you can follow that story over at Salon.com. It's called Sheriff Joe's World Crumbles, if you'd like to get more. Of course, we post our show prep every night at the Free Talk Live BBS at bbs.freetalklive.com. So that's where you can go and find a link to that story later on tonight. Uh, once again, that's bbs.freetalklive.com. That's our message forum where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. You can get your Liberty message out to thousands of people a month for fractions of a penny apiece. You can do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com. They've got hundreds and hundreds of different Liberty sayings over there at libertystickers.com. You can go through and just scroll through them and read them all. They're witty as far as I'm concerned. I've gone and, gone and enjoyed them on many occasions. It's, uh, you can check them out. Let your voice be heard. It's libertystickers.com. To the phones and the fun, let's go to Mike listening in Salt Lake City to XM Satellite Radio's Extreme Talk. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, and I had one heck of a laugh the other night. When I looked on YouTube, and I happened to come across one of your videos you posted, where uh, you're you're in a car with a with a, another uh, woman, and you got she got pulled over, and you videotaped it, and the cop said that he was going to arrest you if you didn't turn it off because he didn't consent <laughs> to being filmed, and you said just by being in front of my camera, you're consenting, and he <laughs> yep. and that that just. I still laugh about that one today, but anyway. That was a pretty good one, uh, by the way. That uh, that happened a few months ago with our Wednesday night co-host, Nemi. And, uh, you know, he could have arrested me, and then I had to have gone to trial and I would have been a wiretapping charge, and I basically called him on his bluff. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. So I'm glad you appreciated it. I did appreciate it. I love what you guys do. But anyway, that guy that called in, that soldier, that said, oh, well, if we weren't protecting your doorstep, and then Mark totally shut him down when he said, "How many Iraqis or Afghanis have bothered you, or whatever?" That was that was classic. Those are the kind of douchebags that are going to be kicking in our doors to take our guns because they just follow orders. I cannot stand that when yep. somebody in the military says we're over there protecting your freedoms. You know what? I didn't ask him to go there, and, and I ain't never been bothered by an Iraqi or an Afghani. 
You know, and it's it's true. There weren't. I, I don't think any of the bombers from 9/11 were uh, Iraqi or Afghani, but uh, I do believe that uh, some may have uh, trained over in Afghanistan at some point. Even if they were, it wouldn't but, justify killing it, other innocent right. people. I mean, there. you know, I mean, so if an American goes commits a crime in uh, in Canada, should they uh, should they put a full uh, full tilt rush in on our border? Rain down fire from the skies. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. it's uh, very fair. And it's interesting what you're bringing up here uh, about. You know, what will those that are being on the on the payroll, what will they do and what won't they do? And where does it stop? Because there's there's organizations out there called the Oath Keepers. You can mm-hmm. look them up, but I think it's OathKeepers.com. And you can find out about, you know, people that have said that they're going to keep the oaths that they've taken to the Constitution and, and that kind of thing. And then there's these other folks out there that'll do whatever they're told. And Oathkeepers.org. Oath, thank you, Oathkeepers.org. They'll do whatever they're told. Uh, I mean, there was a, a situation in Katrina where they were sending around National Guard troops door to door, taking people's firearms. guns. The one guy was interviewed, and he's like, oh, I'd feel really bad about having to shoot an American citizen. But he didn't say he yeah, wouldn't. It, it, it's, it's ridiculous. That's what scares me are those, those uneducated fools. You know, the military gets the bottom of the barrel. You know what I mean? And they're kids that don't have anything to anything better to do with their life, you know. The recruiters will go to Detroit and hook up, you know, a couple dozen of them at a time. And, it's, it's you know, Stuart Rhodes did a great thing with Oath Keepers. I've read that, and it's really a sad testament that there has to be an organization called Oath Keepers that <laughs> outlines these certain things that no soldier should do anyway. Mike, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight, man. appreciate right. hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. Let's continue with Phil listening in West Michigan at WHTC in Holland. Hey, Phil. Hello. Hey, Hi. what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I guess I wanted to ask you a question. What What would you do? What is your alternative instead of, uh, you know, making things uncomfortable for somebody that broke the rules and now they have to live by the consequences of the rules they broke? Well, what, I think the consequences should be... If you're, if you're a judge and they come before you in, in, the, in the little county court... What what is your solution? Well, first I want to point out that the people that are in Sheriff Joe's jail, the vast majority of them are innocent because they have not yet been found guilty in a court of law in America. So the the question you're asking me is really entirely different than what we're um, addressing here. Uh, but that's okay. We can address the question. Go right ahead. So what should the you're asking? What should consequences be for convicted criminals? Right, and then, and then I guess the follow up on what you just said. Well, is hold the, hold the, the follow up. Let's let's it. focus on the first part first. Okay, so, all right, you got it. So consequences for for criminals. Well, first of all, let's let's take all the nonsense off the table, right? Let's get rid of uh, the war on drugs. Let's end you know convicting people gambling, the, uh, you know owning of prostitution, guns, guns. prostitution, any vice crime out there, uh, right. You know where there's no if there's no victim, then as far as I'm concerned, there isn't a crime. Take all that off the table, and you're going to have a uh, an almost empty prison system. Yeah, there'll be ten to 50, 20, 10 to twenty. Of the people. So then we're dealing with real criminals who have actually harmed another human being or caused some sort of damage to property, for instance. Okay, so that's those are the kind of people I want to see the police dealing with. Those are the kind of people I want to see the court system dealing with. Can can we agree this far? I will agree with you, but the, the most of those folks that are that are good at breaking small rules are going to break the big ones too. And, and I think we both know that. No, I I'm sorry. I don't know that that's true. I mean, I, I spent a lot of time, and I, I spent nine years of my life in prison, and I'm not entirely sure that people that do drugs necessarily are going to go out and rob or hurt people. I've smoked a lot of marijuana in my life, and I've never once considered hurting another human being or harming another person's property, and most uh, marijuana users or other drug users are, are peaceful. 
Uh, they they are not out there doing horrible things to people. If they do hurt somebody else, then that's a real crime and they should be persecuted. But fine, for. maybe you're right. So, all right, so we've got somebody who's a real criminal, somebody who's actually harmed another human being. They're in court. They're found guilty. The evidence is clear against them. The jury finds them guilty. They're going off to whatever the punishment's going to be. I think that if you've got somebody who is actually sorry for what they've done, because you've got sociopaths who don't give a damn about hurting people, and those people are the real dangerous ones, and then you've got people— but, but define sorry. How do you define sorry? Well, the, by the fact that they're willing to make good. So, for instance, if somebody makes a mistake and hurts somebody or makes a bad choice and steals something and they, they, you know, they, they realize that what they've done was wrong uh, and they're willing to make good to that person, then I don't think oh, that person can... – I don't think that person needs to be occupying jail space and having all of us being forced to pay for that person sitting in that jail. If that person's willing to have a portion of their paycheck docked to send to the victim of that crime, I'd rather have them out in, uh, in productive society in their job, in their role of what uh, what they do best, and and also at the same time restituting the, the victim. Because today, the victim is victimized twice. Uh, the victim gets hurt by the original theft or the damage or whatever happens to them, and then they get hurt again by the government stealing from them to keep their victimizer in a jail cell. So really, the only people that belong in prisons are the people who are unrepentant, who aren't willing to, uh, to make good. Dangerous people like people. Charles Manson, for instance, who just don't care about other human beings. Boy, Charles Manson started a long time ago. Before he got to where he went, he started, you know, he, he started getting, you know, and, 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 whatever. But when you talk about the, voice, the vices. I know you had a follow-up question, right Phil. Mind, Hold that thought. We'll come back to you here in a moment. You can bring your follow-up up in a moment. 855-453. But then we got to get on because lots of people want to comment on this. 855-453-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and two XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. We will take your phone calls about what you want. You can dial in toll-free at 855-450-FREE. Or, of course, you can talk about some of the things we've already been discussing, whether it's uh, the prison system, jail conditions, uh, the military, whether or not they're actually protecting you, or immigration. 855-450-FREE allows you to take control of the airwaves. You can also go to freetalklive.com and enjoy various features there. We've got listening options online, of course. Uh, You can go to listen.freetalklive.com, get tuned in via our live streams. We've got broadband, midband, and narrowband flavors, different size streams for different internet connection speeds. Also, you'll learn about our great radio stations, over uh, 100 stations on AM and FM across the country are available to you, airing the show at various times throughout the week. Our satellite listening options, including XM Satellite Radio, where we're on two channels. And in addition to that, our free-to-air KU band channel is available as well. The webcam and the listen lines that allow you to tune in from any phone that can dial long distance. Go to listen.freetalklive.com. Many companies, as they grow, lose their passion and their mandate. Not so with O'Neill Coffee. The third-generation, family-owned business still roasts each batch with the finest beans and the utmost care. They have more than 40 varieties of gourmet and flavored coffees. My favorite, personally, is the uh, the French roast decaf. It's bold but not burnt. And 
to show Free Talk Live uh, listeners their commitment to freedom and making great coffee, they're offering a free mug and free shipping on orders of $75 or more. You can support great coffee craftsmanship at coffee.freetalklive.com. Support Free Talk Live and get some great coffee at you know, it's, these these prices are not uh, crazy. I've I'm used to buying gourmet coffees all over, and and they're it's a great great price. It's coffee.freetalklive.com. We have Phil on the line, listening in Holland, uh, Michigan, to WHTC, and Phil is back with us. He had a follow up question because we had talked about uh, the issue of imprisonment and how it should be run, and I think that restitution is something that the so called justice system should focus on rather than just punishment, uh, restitution, because it would make the victims whole, and ultimately that's what justice is supposed to be about in my mind. I don't want to interrupt. Go ahead, Phil. But your your, your answer, that solution that you gave me was uh, forget all the vice crime and there will be nobody in prison. Well, no, no, not nobody. I think we said ten to twenty percent. No, no, no. Far, far at this at this jail here in uh, in the area in which we're at, Mark, there is at least forty, if not fifty percent of the people that are in there for drug crimes. Right. Uh, there would be ten to twenty percent of the people would be left in jail. I see. Gotcha. Because they wouldn't have to commit one, crimes to one, get drugs, and they wouldn't have to. They wouldn't be thrown in jail for doing drugs. Go, go ahead, right Phil. ahead. Okay. One one last thing that I, that I want to throw by you is, would you agree that people can fall into those vices? I mean, there is a reason those laws were formed. But when you, do you think anybody would choose to lose their family? And, and you know, when you alter your mind on drugs and alcohol, you're going to do all kind of. How many people have you not seen get off because they weren't even in their right mind? So they, I have they never couldn't. seen anybody get off because they weren't in their right mind on drugs. Not one. By the way, you can go ahead and waste yourself on alcohol, and that's completely legal. I'd like to point that they out. They tried does, alcohol prohibition in this country once. It didn't really does work Does anyone out. choose to become an alcoholic? I mean, not really, but it, that doesn't mean that alcohol should be banned and that people should be put but in if jail. They're, if, they're, if they're riding around on the streets blottoed, do you think they might have a problem? I mean, oh, sometimes yeah. a, a little bit of these small... Well, if you're putting someone calls, in danger, again, if you put somebody lie. in danger, then that's one thing. Have you ever used uh, drugs? No, sir. Okay. Well, then you really can't really speak from any experience about it. Most drug users I know are completely peaceful. They just want to get high. They're not out there killing people while they're on marijuana. They can't remember last night the next morning. They don't even know what uh, they did. That's not true, Depends sir. On, well, not I, everybody. I'm with you. But there's there's times where people wake up and, and, uh, sure. and they Sure. They Talk to somebody who's been drinking all night. Thanks for the call. Appreciate uh, it. 855-453-JOE. Joe, listening in Battle Creek to WBCK yeah. in Michigan. Hey, Joe. Hi, I'm I'm from Battle Creek, and I've worked in the prisons for quite a few years. And I have to agree with you: the people in prison uh, are working in prison, the corrections officers, and 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 your higher-ranking staff all agree that uh, you know it's a lot easier to keep the guy fat and and satisfied. That we can feed him as much as he want, keeps his belly full. He'll lay in his bed all day, watch TV. Fine, it, as you say, exactly. He's He's not causing trouble somewhere. All right, the TV and is a pacifier for those prisoners. I had Absolutely. a prison guard tell me that he wishes they could give everybody an ounce of marijuana every week. Well, that would probably help, too. It would <laughs> probably increase, increase their appetite. But uh, and Joe, Joe, our pile, you know, I mean, he is, he is really a thorn in, in a lot of people's rear end. The fact is he sells, sells that, or serves that moldy, Baloney, mm-hmm. he's been sued. They've lost thousands of dollars on lawsuits out there, and that's why the federal government's uh, stepping in and, and and trying to correct some of that stuff. Uh, as, as a professional correction person, we know it's the court's job to punish. It's the corrections officer 
and the and the police to um, uh, uh, just to house and and educate and custody, train. care, and control. And, sure, that that's all it is. Yep. So let the courts punish and let the corrections people do their job. But a lot of these people have it wrong. They they think it's the it's the prisons and the corrections department that do the punishing, and that's not the case. And that shows you their mentality. Joe, uh, you know, having been, how many years have you worked in uh, prisons? Uh, about 16. So about 16 years. You've had a lot of experience with a variety of different... And you're working in a prison, not a jail. Right. I've, uh, I've worked in county jails, too. And, okay. and you're right in a county jail. And, and that's why, uh, uh, as you say, the majority of the people at least have to uh, be believed that they're innocent because most of them are there just uh, attending court hearings and such and have not been convicted. And the courts look at that and... You know, when some of these uh, jails say, hey, you can't have newspapers or you can't have pornography, well, hey, why not? We're not convicted yet. What is it uh, now, as, as somebody who's you're looking back over your years as a, as a jail and prison guard, how many of the guys that you were dealing with in there were in there for not harming another human being? Well, I'd, I'd say uh, probably about 50% of wow. them. Wow. So yeah. insane. Yeah, and 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 I think out of that, out of the people in prison, I, I'd say, uh, well, the court says uh, uh, because they appeal their cases to the court of appeals and such, about two percent of them in Michigan uh, get exonerated or at least uh, get out. But there's many cases that I've read out there where the person is is not going to be. It's not a high profile case, and yep. he's absolutely innocent. And it's clear to me by looking at this guy's mannerisms and such and how he conducts himself behind bars and reading his case that he's absolutely innocent, but he's going to stay his life in prison right. or, or whatever. Because he's going to stick up you know, for it, him. It's frustrating. Absolutely. Yeah. Mark, and any questions for a prison guard here? No, since well, I mean, I, I'm, just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to back him up on this. The idea that uh, you know human beings only make mistakes 2% of the time, you, you said about 2% of the people get exonerated, that our, our judicial system only makes mistakes 2% of the time is laughable. And I don't know what the yeah. percentage is. You know, Maybe it's 10 or 15% or something like that. But it just goes to show how difficult it is. Once you get into the system, once you get into that governmental system, the grinding wheels and what they do to people. Joe, sure. any other thoughts? We, we all know that... Uh uh, 60% of the people in prison, in Michigan anyway, can be released uh, without recidivism because that is a recidivism rate. But the question is how we're going to pick the, the 60% to release them and what, what criteria are we going to use? Well, and the pro, pro board is just uh, going eeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> and, you know, maybe the guards, this is the thing that I've always wondered is if anybody knows, it's the guards that work with these guys or it's the people, you know, for whom they work. Because oftentimes there's civilians that come in and they, they work for them. It's those folks who know who's yes. better and than we're anyone. Prevented, we're prevented under regulations not, not to re make any recommendations at all. Some people who have done so got fired. Yep. Oh, man. Joe, thanks for calling and sharing sure. your expertise tonight. I really appreciate hearing from you, sir. Yep. I worked um, in the staff canteen um, for the canteen, you know, the whole canteen apparatus in prison. And the the sergeant in there one time walked through and basically was having conversations with us about who he thought was going to get locked up and who he wasn't. I think that we started it or something like that. I can't remember what. But basically, locked up for like insubordination. Locked in the back jail? up. Uh, like they, we were going to re a recidivism, gotcha. reoffend, um, recidivist rates. And he went through and, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, modem basically said who he thought was going to go and who he didn't. Now, I don't know everybody, but I do know three of the people that he picked, and he picked 100% on.
on those three people. 855-450-FREE. The SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. There you have somebody who is a prison guard, 16 years, says right off the bat, 50% of the people have not harmed another human being in his prison. That's crazy. Those people need to be set free. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 855-453. Comment on anything we talked about or take control of the airwaves here. 1-855-450-3733. Live Saturday show. Ian here with you. And Mark. And we're inviting you over to our website. Drop on by and get interactive. There's a webcam there uh, that allows you to watch the show. For some reason, that's your thing. You can also interact with other people in that same cam page because the chat room's built in right there over at cam.freetalklive.com. Now, it's all free, but if you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And it's a simple concept. A lot of these talk shows, they charge you to access things like their webcam and their archives. We just give it all away and figure if you really like the show, maybe you'll send us a few bucks a month. We're asking for three. That's like the price of a cup of coffee these days. So if you can afford that and you like Free Talk Live, like what, you, uh, what we do, and you like the idea of maybe getting Free Talk Live on more stations, we've got over 100 so far, but that means we've probably got another 500 we could uh, possibly snatch up. And you uh, know, every radio program has this little program where you can go and you can give them a certain amount of money and they'll give you archives and that kind of thing. Yeah. But Free Talk Live, we give you the archives for free up front. And then if you like the program, then you can join the Mouseketeer Club that we got. That's right. And those archives are uh, brand new, higher quality, much higher quality. In fact, lots of comments have been uh, left. We've moved to a new host. There have been a few bugs. Uh, folks on iTunes, bear with us. We're working on ironing out the issues that iTunes is having. When I mention Mouseketeers, I in no way am talking about Walt Disney. No way. You worried about a lawsuit or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I'm just talking. Just kidding. Uh, 855-450-FREE. So anyway, go to amp.freetalklive.com. You can get signed up there. Use any major credit card through PayPal. Use alternative methods uh, as well. And uh, once again, that's amp.freetalklive.com. You get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only podcast. And uh, by the way, that amp podcast doesn't have the commercial load, doesn't have the, the recorded commercials that our regular podcast does. So there's some perks involved for you as well. Amp.freetalklive.com. Right back to your calls, your thoughts. We go to John listening in Long Island. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, great. Hey, John. You're on the air. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, well, I wanted to talk about uh, what the sad state of what I'm seeing with the Ron Paul campaign. Uh, you got you know, wackos out there like Doug Weed uh, promoting this this idea that there's this uh, secret delegate strategy that's going to somehow uh, steal the nomination away from Mitt Romney at the convention. And there's a lot of people hearing about this great you know message of liberty for the first time, and they're getting caught up in uh, I'm afraid wasting their energies in this let's you know get a delegate position and fight it at Tampa, and they're going to burn themselves out and not get involved with anything that 
you know, actually can advance the message. Uh, what, what do you guys think? Uh, maybe they will, maybe they won't. I mean, the delegate strategy is real, I mean, in the sense that it's happening. I don't think that there's, it doesn't seem like there's enough, but it's hard to say um, what's, what's going to happen. What's the most they could accomplish with the delegate strategy? They're not going to get the nomination. Uh, the party How do you know? will change the rules, will avoid the, the vote. They'll, they'll that do something, that would be really great. Like, you know, the most they could accomplish is to get the Republicans to break their own rules, as they have in several counties. Counties and even a you know a couple of uh, state conventions, Republicans have broken the rules, and then they can make uh, you know then they can make political hay out of that and say, hey, look, these people. I mean, we know that the government doesn't follow its own rules. You and I know that, but there are tens of thousands of people right now that don't know that the government doesn't follow its own rules. Well, of course, you'd be talking about well, the Republican Party. They'll, they'll, yeah, I mean, they'll appoint maybe some uh, uh, local county uh, Ron Paul supporting uh, committee chairman or something like that with, with some delegates. But those people will just get co-opted. Um, people should be focusing their energy on something like uh, the Free State Project. where I totally uh, agree with you, John. And uh, you sound like somebody who's had some activist experience. How long have you been at this? <laughs> Probably since, oh, Maybe 06, 07. 06 or 07. Okay. So I've been doing this for a while, too, and I've encountered, uh, probably since uh, from the turn of the century, and I've encountered the the burnout myself. I've certainly seen other people burn out as well, and I think what you're predicting here is absolutely going to happen. However, there's no way you or I getting on the airwaves and talking about, hey— Ron Paul people, hey, heads up, you should do this other thing or focus your efforts other way. These guys are jazzed. They're excited. They're, you know, they're going. This is their thing. Yeah, they're, they're all about Ron Paul. I think it's okay to, you know, put it out there as like, hey, be careful. Be aware of burnout. Be aware that it exists. Be aware that it might affect you here in another six months. And if things don't work out, here are some other options. Right. But they're going to follow through. I mean, they're going to follow through. They're going to play it through to the end, and they're going to see what and they're going to— thank gonna... goodness they're playing it through to the end. I want to see what happens when they play it through to the end. I agree. I mean, I, I tend to I tend to agree with you, John, in that I don't think anything is going to come of all this, and I think that they are going to pull out whatever stops they can to stop Ron Paul and his supporters, and there'll be all kinds of sneaky, terrible things that the Republicans will do. And that will that will cause some burnout, but hopefully it'll also at the same time uh, you know, t- teach people this lesson that, hey— you, this system is entrenched, and you thought you had a chance to change it. You didn't. You did your best. Good job. Now come here and do something productive like join the Free State Project and get together with other like-minded people where you actually can make a difference, and you actually could have a chance at, uh, at liberty in, in our lifetime. In fact, I know that uh, JJ, who's our Thursday night co-host, is working on a campaign to kind of this after Ron Paul campaign, although I think he recently decided to change the, the terminology because it was getting some negative feedback from people that are you know still of the, of the mindset that Ron Paul can win. Maybe, maybe he can. Uh, I, I wouldn't say he's he's out of the race at this point. Certainly he's not. Uh, but to, but to have a campaign ready to roll, so when Ron Paul or if Ron Paul doesn't win, that we'll be prepared to try to pick up the pieces as best as possible and uh, and encourage people to not burn out and to move into a different area, and rather than just waiting another four years, getting behind some other political candidate and hoping that this time will be the right time. Uh, I think that's definitely the wrong way to go, and it sounds like you'd be on board with that. Yeah, there there should be a convention or something uh, big at the end, uh, you know, to redirect people into some productive areas, you know, education, uh, 
Well, that's something that folks can do right now. By the way, that's what the Campaign for Liberty was supposed to be about. Well, I'd recommend that uh, right now the conventions are still happening, right? Like they still have these Ron Paul gatherings. There was one in Philly a couple weeks ago. Right, where thousands of people are showing up. And many of these thousands of people are Ron Paul newbies. They're people who just came across Ron Paul's campaign within the last year. It's their first chance to see Ron Paul speak. They're coming out. They're excited. This is the time right now, not to necessarily wait till after Ron Paul, but now to go to these Ron Paul gatherings. Wherever Ron Paul is, people who are supporters of the Free State Project or you know whatever other alternative to Ron Paul should be out there. So bring flyers for the Free State Project, for Shire Society, for Free Talk Live. These are things that you can have uh, to distribute to these folks that are excited about Ron Paul and give them something else to plug into now so they can be ready for whatever comes next. And so right now, to kind of, I I guess, to use Ron Paul's publicity to uh, ride his coattails, uh, so to speak, there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that, and hopefully more people will do so. And, John, thanks for the call tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's toll-free, 1-855-450-3733. Let's continue here. Robert, listening to KMED out in Medford, Oregon. Hey, Robert. Hello there. Yeah, I appreciate your show. It was a good show. Um, I just wanted to make a comment in regards to the prison systems and such, not to mention the fact that it's like an animal versus animal inside the cage there. But um, it's too bad they don't revamp that altogether and turn it into an educational process where they learn a skill and a trade there and actually do something productive to uh, create generate money, which they could use when they hit the street. But at the same time, they could be taking some of that money to pay for their own keep. So therefore... Look, all the money they could free up a, a quite a quite a bit of money to uh, to use to help make a better system, so that when they get out of there, they got a skill and a little bit of money in their pocket. It's an excellent suggestion. Well, and- there's there's drawbacks to it too. When you have a monopoly on imprisonment, as the government has, um, then you have a situation where they tend to put people to work, and then you know they they can charge them, they make money off of them. The last thing we want is them making money on both sides of the situation. Now, if there was a competition in imprisonment, say a judge landed the gavel and said, you must, be, you must spend X number of years in jail, and then jails got to compete, or prisons got to compete for who's going to be within their walls, and then got to choose, you know, well, you're too violent to come here, and then, you know, the, the worst offenders would end up at the worst jails, and the, the best ones, the, the, the jails would compete for, because then they could, uh, you know, they, they compete on, uh, you know, rent, and they would compete based on, you know, what kind of treatment people would get, and then it would incentivize far better behavior. And it would incentivize better conditions. Conditions as well, rather sure. than because right now private prisons suck, and that's because they've been given the monopoly. Yes. So the private prison is essentially just replacing the monopoly government prison, and they're doing it as a private company running it, and so they're still they don't have the right incentives. Uh, but if there were actually were an open competition in the prison system, that would result in likely better conditions for the prisoners and more rehabilitative conditions, and also more innovation uh, because the monopoly on prisons, the government monopoly, doesn't have the incentive to innovate a lot of the programs that you can vision that you're talking about, Robert. Governments could, don't innovate. Right. That could help people. So I think you've got a lot of good ideas. Anything else you want to share? Well, yeah, just uh, unfortunately, you, you have somebody to have to make the choice and it uh, wouldn't be that hard from my opinion, but uh, they'd have to make a choice that some of these are so far gone, so such a lost cause and gangbangers, whatever, whatever, that uh, you, they don't want to be rehabilitated. They like their lifestyle. So I think it'd be best to put them in their own uh, uh, section so that um, they're not they're not trying to use their muscle and their gang power to over influence other uh, people trying to focus on doing something agreed fine ideas robert thanks for the call tonight appreciate hearing from you 855-450-FREE SACL cai toll free line we've got a full hour remaining here it's the live saturday edition plenty of time for you and your thoughts you can dial in 1-855-450-FREE this is free talk live 
Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of this live Saturday edition of the program. Here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Once again, the toll-free number is 855-450-FREE. You can, of course, bring up whatever you want. That's the point of the program. But throughout the night tonight, we've had a variety of subjects come up, all based off an original conversation we had about Joe Arpaio, the so-called toughest sheriff in America. In my opinion, he's absolutely psychotic and uh, incredibly dangerous to the ideas of liberty. He is not, an, uh, he is not a friend of liberty. He's uh, quite, uh, quite an enemy of uh, those who love freedom. He puts peaceful people in prison. He puts peaceful people in uh, jail cells in a horrible place known as Tent City, where there's very little access in some cases to, uh, to water. And I wish I could recall the story if... Uh, I feel like it was a woman who was put into solitary confinement at Tent City who ended up perishing uh, because she didn't have access to water. But I don't have that or the, the and enough water. They didn't give her enough because uh, it can be kind of hot in the desert, which is where he's keeping people. Many of whom, as you pointed out, Mark, haven't even been convicted of anything. Most. Let alone all the people who have been convicted of things that didn't harm another human being, whether we're talking about drug use or immigration or whatever. Uh, there's so many people that are just cluttering up the prison system. We actually had a prison guard who'd been on the job for 16 years called in in the last hour. He said 50% of the guys in his prison don't belong there. They never harmed another human being. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We'll, of course, continue here. And then if you get a chance, Mark, you've got something about the TSA. We'll touch on that. But first, Miles is listening in Huntsville to WBHP. Hey, Miles. Hey, guys. Third time to get to call you, and uh, uh, big fan. Uh, I wanted to uh, uh, ask you about uh, drugs in prisons. Uh, I, I've had two opportunities to uh, serve on grand juries, and, and I don't know if other states, and you might know more than me, if other state, every state uses the grand jury system. To, I think to, they all do. To, to prosecute. Okay. Uh, and uh, it seemed to me and uh, the, the last time, this is the only thing I remember, uh, out of 97 cases, it seemed to me that drugs propelled the crime. Uh, you know, all the, all the crime-related stuff, you know, it was, you know, drug use seemed to be at the base of it. And, and I'm with you on, yep. you know, uh, uh, drug enforcement and, uh, uh, you know, like uh, marijuana, decriminalizing it, and sure. things like that. Absolutely. Uh, um, you know, when I say that, that but it's, when I say that drugs would that uh, prisons would probably be depopulated by eighty to ninety percent if you legalize drugs, it's not just that there's some you know that a bunch of people are smoking pot or in jail because you know that's not the the sum the sum total of it. But uh, most people that are in prison are there because they were doing something to get drugs, and because drugs are illegal, the price is artificially inflated. I mean, there's no reason in the world when marijuana, a plant that grows like a weed, they call it weed for a reason, should be $100 a quarter ounce. Mm -hmm. There's no reason in the world it should be. 
I mean, it's I mean, you could throw weeds their seeds out in your yard and have free marijuana if it wasn't illegal. And then nobody in their right mind would pay that kind of money. Nobody would pay that kind of money for some toma- dried out tomatoes. Right. So they're not going to pay that kind of money for and it's it's a heck of a lot harder to grow tomatoes than it is marijuana. Well, right. And you mentioned marijuana. There're probably not a whole lot of people knocking over convenience stores to get another pot probably fix. True. But uh, you you look at crack or meth, these other drugs are even more expensive per ounce than uh, than marijuana and the same factors apply. It's absolutely true. You can talk to any cop that's going to be honest with you. They'll tell you 80% of the break and enters, 80 percent of the robberies, 80 percent of car break-ins. These things are all being driven by people looking for uh, addicts, looking for their next fix, looking to get the 20 bucks that they can get for pawning a you know car stereo or whatever right. uh, so they can go and get their next fix. A dime on a dollar for whatever they steal from you. But you don't see nicotine and alcohol addicts behaving in the same way because their products are legal, therefore they're available in the open market, the prices are driven down to some extent by competition, although they are pushed up by taxes and government regulation, but they're driven, they're far lower than the black market prices of these other drugs. So if you were to actually legalize drugs or decriminalize drugs, you would also see violent crime and property crime drop precipitously in a very uh, quick manner. I think that's more of a uh, point I was trying to make. Okay. If you uh, decriminalize stuff, it would get better. I mean, it was likely it wasn't for drugs. You know, everybody would be getting along, you know, in Alabama. But, uh, uh, and something you said a while ago about, you know, and I, I quit using marijuana when I was 20 years old, but, uh, uh, you know, we used to buy nickel bags. I don't guess you guys wouldn't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I suspect the nickel bags are what they call dime bags, know, quarter bags now. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. They still have dime bags. But you probably don't get as much. You know, to, to be fair, though, uh, I mean, I've seen drug prices over my whole adult life, and uh, the marijuana prices are still about on par with where they were a decade ago. Uh, so I know that inflation has been happening over that period of time, and so it seems like maybe the uh, the dealers aren't making as much as they used but to. People but people are growing in their homes now. Um, you know, I mean, they're doing as they, they, they you know, they, advances in technology and that kind of thing. Hey, Miles, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. I appreciate right, hearing from you, sir. Guys. Yep. 855-450-FREE. Ladies first, Melissa, listening in Medford, Oregon, KMED. Hey, Melissa. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, well, a couple of things. I mean, first of all, um, I was just listening to you talking about um, uh, legalizing drugs and that um, violent crime and property crime would decrease. Yes, yeah. uh, absolutely. And... Uh, I totally disagree with that. I mean, especially if you're talking meth and coke and um, things like that. Why? Um, well, what evidence do you have well, that people that do these uh, do these drugs are going to be violent, not in order to get the drugs, but because they've done the drugs? Uh, yes, and in order to get them. Well, that was a question. Okay. Um, let me let me let me make this uh, abundantly clear. I thought I explained it in the last one, but I just I'll, I'll try again. Um, you don't see anybody knocking over convenience stores to get alcohol or cigarettes. And alcohol generally. makes a lot of people angry. Oh, but I do, I do see that. Really? I see people breaking into stores all the time, and all they do is steal the alcohol. Well, they steal the alcohol. Because, I mean, I've never yeah. seen anybody point a gun at anybody else. Now, burglary, that's oh, something entirely different. I don't different. know about where you are, but here we see it all the time. They steal the alcohol from the stores. 
when people for are there, 50 when cents closed, a they'll beer. break in, they'll use rocks and damaged property. And they're stealing, they're, they're, they're robbing people at gunpoint for 50 cents a beer. That's Again, I've seen that. Okay. I have seen I, that. I, I have much. never heard of it, ever heard of that. And the, you know, I mean, I find it amazing that, uh, you know, such a thing is happening. Now, people in Medford, do, Oregon. Yeah, people do steal cigarettes um, and often will use those and, uh, you know, try to sell them elsewhere because they have value. But they're generally not knocking over convenience stores in order to satisfy their own cigarette habit. How many people are robbing other people at gunpoint just on an individual basis to get a bottle of alcohol? I, I don't know those statistics. Well, I can tell you that it doesn't happen that often. Whereas people who are looking for drugs like methamphetamine or cocaine are you know, regularly breaking into cars and breaking into people's homes. You just don't hear about That's alcoholics what... doing that stuff too often, do you? Um, I have seen it. I am a recovering drug addict alcoholic, mm-hmm. 25 years. Okay, and so do you have a story of somebody, um, you know, robbing? Because, uh, I mean, you know, you think if you were in the life that you might have a story of uh, somebody robbing. Because I have never. I was in prison I for nine years and, and never heard of anybody. stories that people would do for anything, for um, a beer, for even rubbing alcohol, for um, Rubbing alcohol sanitizer. is 25 cents a bottle. So you were, alcohol- yeah. so you were an alcoholic. Let's talk Absolutely. a little bit more about your story, Melissa. You were an alcoholic and a drug addict? A meth addict, yeah. A meth addict. Were you both at the same time, or was it different time periods yeah. in your life? Both at the same time. Okay. So what were some of the things you did to get meth? Um, <laughs> um, anything and everything. I, I, to, I want you to tell me more. If you, if you can stick with us, I'd like you to hang, hang here for a moment. We're going to bring you back. Sure. Uh, so hang on, Melissa. Meth addict, former meth addict, uh, former alcoholic, hopefully. 855-450-FREE. Love to hear more about her story because people will do some depraved things to get their hands on these drugs because they can't go and buy them at the store. They have to get them from some scummy dealer and then there's all kinds of question marks around. It's Free Talk Live. The Seasteading Institute. They want to create freedom on the open seas. Did you know they're having a conference? Meet fellow entrepreneurs, investors, engineers, maritime professionals, and other forward-thinking individuals and discover where you fit into the up-and-coming for-profit seasteading sector. It's May 31st to June 2nd at La Meridian Hotel in San Francisco. Special rates for students and the press. Get a discount with promo code FTL. Get registered at seasteading.freetalklive.com. Seasteading.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, toll-free number for you, 855-450-FREE, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We've got a mobile site for those of you with the smartphone. You can go to m as in mobile.freetalklive.com. You'll get quick access to our live streams there. And those include our broadband, midband, and narrowband streams. Plus, our podcast is available through that uh, through that link, m as in mobile. freetalklive.com. If you've got a business and you find accounts receivable to be a terrible chore, SACL CAI is a longtime sponsor of Free Talk Live. They do a great job. They uh, do accounts receivable in a fashion that will not cost you any customers. Um, you can go see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right hand side of the page. It's SACL CAI. All right, so we continue with Melissa listening in Medford, KMed. Now, Melissa, you were calling in tonight to kind of 
counteract uh, something that we were saying earlier about uh, how the black market drives up prices dramatically and therefore people are willing to, uh, you know, they go and they commit crimes uh, to get their hands on things like uh, methamphetamine or cocaine, for instance, a crack. You know, these are drugs that are very, very addictive and the addicts will do what it takes uh, to get their hands on them. And you admitted actually that you were an, an addict of uh, methamphetamine at one time. How, how long ago was it? I am, I am still a recovering addict. So, but when was the last time you used? 25 years ago. All right, make sure you talk right into your phone for me because you it sound like a little okay. far off. So it's been, yeah. it's been 25 years. <laughs> it's been 25 years. Okay, so what were some of the things that you did? Because usually, unless you're independently wealthy, most people can't afford a meth habit. So what were some of the things you did to get your hands on meth? Well, first, let me preface this by saying that I was one of the lucky or unlucky ones, depending on how you look at it, that was never arrested um, for my use or my crime during my addiction, my active addiction. Um, <clears throat> so, Do you think you'd be better of off things, if you had spent 10 years in prison? Well, it certainly would be different, but the only reason I quit was that I found out I was going to have a child, which brings up another point, though. You were talking about um, using drugs and being a victimless crime, which I, I totally disagree with, because I believe that 90% of the people who are using are parents, and their children are the victims. Um, you know, that people, you know, you've heard of fetal alcohol sy- syndrome, right? Yes, absolutely. And I you know work that- with... I work with child welfare now, and people that uh, you know smoke cigarettes while they're uh, while they're pregnant, and it happens. You know, like right. lots of smokers yes. just can't give it up. They damage the fetus to some extent too, right? Right. So, would the best solution for those people be jail cells? Well, in what I do now, and what I agree <laughs> with certainly is that they should be punished for um, you know the crimes during their addiction. But they definitely. Well, I don't disagree them. with that at all. If someone commits a crime, meaning they've actually harmed another human being, then yeah, there should be some sort of restitution involved there. Right. But if what you're but saying is that parents, somebody is being a lousy parent because they are focusing on their drug addiction rather than their children, that's not the fault of the drug. It's, you know, if somebody's neglecting their child, there could be a variety of different reasons they're neglecting their child. They might play video games too much and neglect their children for that reason. So right. it's not the drug's fault. There are plenty of people out there who are recreational drug users who have kids that are completely responsible in their use of drugs. So it's not fair to say that the use of a drug is creating a victim. That's just not true. Neglect could be a crime with a victim, but there are a variety of different reasons that people can be involved in neglect. But let's go back, because we still haven't gotten your story. What is it that you did to get your hands on meth? Um, Robbery, burglary, prostitution. um, That's a pretty good uh, summary. Yeah. These are these are things yeah. that are frequently done, and a lot of times, uh, meth addicts or coke addicts, uh, these are hard drug addicts, are willing to do horrible things to their own family members in order to get money, like you know, steal money from grandma, for instance, and do things like right. that. So, when you were an alcoholic, were you an alcoholic the same time that you were a meth addict? Yes, yes. she said yes. Okay, I was just wondering about that because I mean, did you stop meth before or after? Or is it all stopped at the same time? The same time. Okay, so you found Jesus. The very same day. Okay. Uh, And you actually said you know alcoholics, not meth addicts, but just alcoholics who've actually robbed and engaged, you know, like like held somebody at knife point or gunpoint to get some to beer? Absolutely. 
See, yes. this, this really stuns me. Now, I've heard of... You get rubbing alcohol or hand sanitizer. Yes. And now, I've heard of people because certainly... If they do. don't have the change even to go in and buy rubbing alcohol but or they can, to buy hand sanitizer, anything that they can get their hands on that they can get by or that they can get drunk on, but you can they beg won't get it that if change. they don't have the cash. But you can beg 25 cents to get rubbing alcohol. I mean, you don't have to stick, you don't have to rob anybody. You can put it in your coat. I mean, you see, this is, I want to make a distinction between a property crime. But when someone becomes desperate enough, at a certain point, it doesn't matter what they have to do. And if they are going to um, rob a store, it doesn't matter. I mean, that they well, will do it. My wife's a drug treatment Even counselor for- by trade, and I've never heard her tell a story. I've hung out with drug treatment counselors, and I've quizzed them because that's what she did for a living, and I've never heard the story of anybody committing a violent crime. Now, I'm not saying a, uh, a burglary, but a violent crime in order to get things like mm-hmm. alcohol or cigarettes. I'm sure it's happened. and I, you know, Somewhere, I'm not, sometime, I'm it has Mel- to have happened. I'm going to believe somebody, Melissa's story, but Melissa... Somebody did it in a pink unicorn outfit, too. Wouldn't but, you... Wouldn't you agree, though, Melissa, that it's far more common for meth addicts and coke addicts and crack addicts to engage in those violent activities? Oh, absolutely. Okay, great. So so you did these things. But it's certainly not unheard of for alcoholics. So then you would have to you would have to understand then that by legalizing or decriminalizing these drugs, you would dramatically lower the Re, price. Re-legalizing because eighty, 80 years ago you could go and get laudanum at the store. A, a, a seven-year-old could do it. That's all true. Oh, sure, and. And Coke used to be in Coke. Yes. Yeah. Right. And people weren't so, burglarizing anywhere to get a can of Coke, uh, Coca-Cola back in the day. You know, right. They, so, right. so my point being here, you, I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through what you did or you, that you went through what you did. It sounds absolutely harrowing and I, I wish you know, the best to you and I hope that you can stay clean. It sounds like you're doing fine. 25 years you haven't used. That's great. Uh, but putting these folks in jail and criminalizing these activities just makes them more dangerous because they had to go and get drugs from a crack dealer who, you know, maybe he's going to accept a BJ for his crack rock rather than uh, you having to pay cash or you can go and bring him some stolen equipment and he might take that and give you a crack rock instead. I mean, there's all kinds of scummy things that go on. But if somebody wants to go and get some aspirin or some Robitussin, they don't have to go and deal with that stuff. And in most cases, they're not robbing other human beings or breaking into cars to go and get a you know a bottle of Robitussin. So if if these drugs were actually available on store shelves, there wouldn't be the criminal element that would be distributing them. That would take away a lot of the danger right out the gate. And the prices would come down dramatically, which, as you've already admitted... They weren't doing that stuff for alcohol as often, near as often as they were for these other drugs. That's because those other drugs are far more expensive. Does that make any sense? Well, and and alcohol is more readily available. I mean, because you can buy legal. it here in any you know grocery store, and well. Actually, we have liquor stores for... Um, right, and that's because... You're liquor. absolutely right about that. And the reason why alcohol is more readily available is because it's legal and people can legal. generally distribute it and sell it and, and buy it as they wish. Thank you, Melissa, for the call tonight. appreciate your story and appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. So that's the solution for all the rest of these drugs because it would be insane to prohibit alcohol again. We know what happens. It causes all kinds of crime, and that's what's happening with drug prohibition today. More coming up, Free Talk Live. 
What has happened to America, and when did it become okay for the government to extort wealth from the American people? As a former law enforcement officer, I have explained in my new book, In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth, how absolute property ownership has been denied to the American people, how and why inflation is fleecing America, how law enforcement officers are being used to suppress and criminalize the beliefs of liberty and freedom. In Plain Sight explains how we can restore what was once a free America. Get your copy of In Plain Sight, The Disregarded Truth today at Amazon.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition of the program. You're invited to take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-450-FREE, 1-855-450-3733. Here tonight, it's Ian and Mark. And we invite you over to our website at freetalklive.com. You can grab up archives there, a whole bunch of them, going all the way back to late 2006. You don't have to log in. You don't have to pay a membership fee. They're just there. You can click and download Although we've been having a few bugs with uh, folks on iTunes. Now, that's only for those with uh, with iTunes, with a podcast. Maybe you've uh, you've had an issue of the past few days. I apologize. We just changed our, our podcast host. And this means a lot of good things. But usually when you make a big change, there's some kinks that need to get ironed out. Uh, so right now, because we've got a brand new podcast host, we've more than doubled the audio quality in the uh, the podcast, which is great. Because people are hearing the difference, it sounds more like you're sitting in the studio now with us than it does uh, than it did previously. So for the past uh, couple days, we've uh, cranked up the audio quality, and of course the downloads are still coming fast. This new server is just as fast as from what I've seen as the old server was. Uh, it's just that there's a there's been a bug with the podcast. So iTunes uh, listeners, you guys, you're gonna get straight. We're gonna get it taken care of. Uh, don't worry, it fixes our down the coming down the pipe. Hopefully imminently. Hopefully it'll be done uh, with uh, with tonight's show. Bitcoins are the world's first potentially anonymous digital cash. With Bitcoins, there are no contracts that you've got to sign or terms of service that you've got to abide by. Anybody can go download the free Bitcoin software and be using them in just a few minutes. With Bitcoins, you can send and receive money anywhere in the world. You don't have to pay any fees. You don't need any permission from any government or corporation to do it. And to learn more, visit weusecoins.org. It's a minute and 44 uh, second video to educate you on what Bitcoins are. And you need to be educated on them. Even if you're not going to get Bitcoins, these things are changing the internet and they're likely going to change the world. It's weusecoins.org. Now, oh, I was going to say, uh, now thanks to bitinstant.com, you can have Bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your Bitcoins with cash, visit bitinstant.com. Right. And uh, speaking of the Bitcoin, if you want, you can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com, and that's where you'll find our Bitcoin address for the Bitcoin tip jar. You can throw a few Bitcoins in if you like what we're doing here. You like the fact that uh, Free Talk Live is free and all the features on the site and the archives are free and now much higher quality and still free over at freetalklive.com. I suppose I should mention the new host is SoundCloud. I, SoundCloud's a pretty hip uh, service out there. It's, it's almost like the YouTube of, uh, of audio. Except it's not quite like YouTube because you actually have to pay for a SoundCloud account. So everything that's on SoundCloud, for the most part, I think they have a few free accounts. But for the most part, people are in incentivized to pay for those accounts. So they're maybe a little more judicious about what it is that they uh, they put up on Upload. that service. So you can uh, find us now on SoundCloud, which means that every episode that we post, you can easily share with your friends on your various uh, social networking websites, Facebook. You know, Twitter, etc. They make it easy. There's a share button on every single one of our shows now, which it's 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 a really cool service. So drop on in freetalklive.com or go to SoundCloud slash freetalklive. All run together as uh, one word. We'll continue with you and your thoughts. Timothy is listening in Buchanan, Michigan, to WSJM out of Benton Harbor. Hey, Timothy. 
Greetings. How are you guys doing tonight? What's on your mind tonight, Timothy? Go ahead. Well, um, I didn't realize that the subject matter was based on Joe Arpaio, but uh, start off with that, that guy's definitely a nut job. No doubt. Well, you, the subject matter can be whatever you want it to be, so go ahead. Okay. Well, you guys were speaking upon um, drug laws and marijuana, and I'd like to start first with it bothers me when they list marijuana as a drug <laughs> because a as you both seem high, excuse me, highly educated, as a couple of your listeners didn't seem, I won't say ignorant, they just weren't fully educated on you know the full background of everything, that marijuana is no different than a dandelion, a sunflower, a tomato, you know, how they can, um, you know, Salinger had everything to do with that, as you said. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> marijuana is a little different than tomatoes. I mean, they're no different fundamentally in that they're all plants, uh, but uh, ultimately marijuana does get you high, and I've never gotten high off of uh, eating a tomato. So th- there is that, but uh, but it doesn't kill you. Marijuana will not kill you, unlike alcohol, which has uh, contributed to the deaths, uh, either directly or indirectly, of countless human beings. True, and people serve many years in prison, as you said, and Rapists and child molesters get out in a handful of years, and people will spend 20 to life for self-medication, which they've been doing since before Christ. No doubt about so, it. And when it comes to marijuana, there's nothing you can't make from the plant. You know, um, fuels, um, adhesives, lumber, you can make anything, plastics. They're making building materials now. Yeah, it's insane that something like that that could turn the economy around, certainly for farmers as well. You know, I live here in the Midwest where it grows where corn is. I lived in Northern California in Humboldt where they make a nice living off of it there. And as you said, it's a lot of it off of the grid, and they're not being taxed, a lot of these people. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of the government taxation system the way it's set up anyway, but um, it just, yeah, it's insane, the laws that they haven't changed. Timothy, I'm with you, man. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. Edward, listening in Barrie, Vermont, to WSNO. Hey, Edward. Edward? In Vermont? Oh, we just lost him, or at least that's what it sounded like. Edward? Oh, yeah, hey, how you Oh, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I'm calling, basically, I want the world to know that they have lost themselves. Um, I think that they personally have forgotten about the Constitution, for one, and two, they have forgotten about the oath of offices, that's number two. Number three is that it is about we the people, not we the government. Um, People need to come back to themselves and start saying, hey, it's us that matters, not the government. That sounds pretty good to me. How do you feel about secession? Um, secession, well, it's only because the people allow them to do so. There is an Wait. answer. Hold on a second. Wait. Okay. Only That didn't seem like a responsive answer to what I, uh, I asked. Maybe I misunderstood you. I asked you how you felt about secession. You said it's only because the people allow them to do so. What do you mean? Well, see, the people come forward, and they stop this baloney, this balaki of uh, money-wise coming to the, to the world. Okay, they're just using us for this money. They, they certainly are. And when you say they, you mean like everybody in all governments, right? You mean not just the federal government, but also state governments, right? No, what I'm saying is the, the people, us people, need to get back up in our lives and say, hey, no, no more. We are not supporting you no more because of this arrangement. 
And when you say not supporting you, you mean not supporting all governments? No, no. I'm saying there is a solution. What? Let's hear it. And if, if, well, I can only go so far because I'm part of it. Okay. Um, Let me give you an example. You ever say the Pledge of Allegiance when you're in school? I regret it, but yes, I did. Okay. Do you ever see where it said one nation? Yeah. Yeah. That would be the Republic. Okay. okay. The Republic is the one nation. Okay. Okay. And the United States is supposed to be listening to the public. Now they don't want to accept the public. Okay. Well, or, would it really make a stand. difference if it were a republic? I mean, because, yeah, I agree with you. Like, yes, it a, lot, would. a lot of people yes, say it it's a democracy. But what's the difference anyway, really? Isn't it just people trying to tell you how to live? No. Honestly, no, it isn't. It's because I want to tell you why real quickly. I'll give you a sample. Okay, the sample is that the house that you live in now with the United States of America, you don't own it. That's true. That's the truth. That's true. Uh, But that's not... That doesn't have anything to do with the democracy or republic, dude. I mean, that, that's because they are men and women who want to control you, who want to tell you how to live or tell you uh, what to do or tell you okay. not what to not do. And whether it's a republic or not isn't going to change that. Do you? Do, when I asked you about secession— It is going to change that. It no. is going to change that. Because, yeah, I'm going to tell you why. Because our republic is tax-free. You get to keep all that money in your pocket. Okay. Sounds it sounds I'm wonderful, Edward. That that's great. But I really don't want a federal government. Can I like not have one? Like I oh, get we, the... we don't want a federal government either. Oh great. So then you do support secession. Yeah. Oh fantastic. I mean, we gotta have secession. Great. I mean everybody's gonna suffer a little bit in their lives. They got even God's Are you are you involved with the second Vermont Republic? Because you probably should no. be. There's a great group of folks no. up there that's trying to secede Vermont from the Union, and I hope you guys are successful at it. And I thank you for the call tonight, Edward. Enjoy. He sounds like he's enjoying his Saturday night, huh? 855-450-FREE. You can take control of the airwaves here, even in the remaining moments of Free Talk Live, which are imminent. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the live Saturday edition. Moments remain, but still enough time for you and your thoughts. However, if you don't get them in tonight, that's okay. Mark does the live Sunday edition with Stephanie tomorrow night. You can join us then. And if you don't get it on your local talk radio station, you can always get it online over at freetalklive.com. However, if you don't receive Free Talk Live on your local talk station at all, you can always give them a call, talk to the program director, and tell them real nice-like that you'd like to hear some Free Talk Live. And if you're fortunate enough to be in the over 100 areas in which you can receive Free Talk Live via talk radio, you may not be receiving us all seven nights a week live for all three hours per night. If that's the case, give them a call and, again, ask for more Free Talk Live. You never know what a kind word will uh, will do for those uh, those program directors. They uh, appreciate hearing positive comments rather than, you suck, I hate that morning show, or whatever it is that people call in and say to program directors. You know, Mark, you used to be a GM of a station, right? Yeah, I, you know, usually when you get a telephone call, it's not from somebody who's happy. Right, so uh, you know, give them a little positive reinforcement. And also, don't forget to join us at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. If you can make it to New Hampshire... To Rogers Campground in northern New Hampshire between the 18th of June and the 24th of June, 
you want to be there. If you love liberty, that is. If you don't love liberty, you are not going to have a fun time if you go to Porkfest. But if you do love liberty, you understand what freedom's all about, that you understand in order to be free, you have to allow others to be free, then you're going to really dig Porkfest because there's so much happening there that is of a liberty-oriented nature. There are hundreds of people that understand what freedom is. They're all going to be there together. So there's just the networking opportunity that's fantastic, number one. But number two, you're meeting people who've already made the move to New Hampshire, like Mark and I, uh, as part of the Free State Project. We We've decided to move here to get together with other people that are of like mind to get active to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And it's happening. There are over a thousand people that are already here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Over 11,000, coming close to 12,000, are signed up, meaning they're going to come to New Hampshire at some point. Many of those folks are going to be visiting during Porkfest. Maybe you will be visiting during uh, Porkfest, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Go to porkfest.com, P O R C F E S T.com. Get signed up there. It's 35 bucks for the whole week. Now, you have to pay for your campground on top of that. That's the registration fee for Porkfest, but it's very affordable. You can, of course, split a campsite with somebody to bring the cost down even more, and it's camping, so you're going to have fun with that. Uh, plus, there's all kinds of things to do. Maybe you've got a family. Well, there's lots of family activities going to be going on. Mark, you're going to bring Jack up, I imagine? Oh, yes. Uh, so, you know, kids are as young as Jack or younger, as four, you know, four years old to teenage years. Uh, and again, I don't really that- think teenagers or kids but everything there from uh pregnant women all the way up to seniors families absolutely there's so much to do go to porkfest.com learn more about the event we will see you there because we're going to broadcast live the entire week timothy's with us listening in missouri timothy you're on free talk live with ian and mark uh hi ian hi mark timothy what's on your mind tonight actually i if possible i have two comments but i know it's ending the uh, nearing the end of the show, so if you want, I'll just keep it to one. Well, we'll play it. We'll play it by ear. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, regarding what Mark referred to as drug relegalization, um, I would actually posit that drugs on a federal level are actually already legal, um, and I say that because of the Commerce Clause, which um, my understanding of the Commerce Clause. And excuse me, I've I've been fans of you guys for a really long time, so I'm I'm almost hyperventilating. This <laughs> it's all right. Call. Happens to me when I call radio shows. Okay. Yeah, I get that um, too, and I've called talk radio for so long. I still get an adrenaline rush when I call into a talk radio show. It may have less cool. to do with us than it does for the fact that there could be a bunch of people listening to what you're saying. That might be a factor too. So keep that in mind because we're just regular. That's guys. right. Push the guy over the edge, Ian. <laughs> Yeah, I know. No pressure. No, I'm all right. I'm all no. right. Actually, you just made me feel better. No pressure, <laughs> um, Tim. Go ahead. Well, regarding regarding the Commerce Clause of the Constitution, uh, which, as as you both know, it's one of the enumerated powers in the Constitution. Um, up until recently, my interpretation of that, uh, based on my research, was that um, it only applies to commerce that happens between the states, right, and not commerce that happens within a state. Um, if if that is the case, um, in that case, then all federal drug control policy would be completely in, uh, constitutionally invalid. I wonder if anyone has ever gone so far as to actually bring that up in court, because we certainly know that most yeah. people take the plea bargain. So I wonder, you know, has it even gone to the point where somebody's actually been in federal court to the point where they could bring up a defense like that? I wonder. 
That's an interesting point. Although know. it's not going to be very persuasive to the DEA. That's not going to stop them from going around and doing what they do, right? So you'd have to win that one in court, which would mean you'd probably need an attorney to present a case like that. Uh, and it wouldn't be a it would be pretty difficult to make that happen. But it's an interesting theory. Point number two. Yeah, that 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 in combination with with the um, you know with the uh, tenth, ninth and tenth amendment amendments, uh, you know, powers not being delegated to the federal government, they, they would go to the states or the people respectively. Um, it, actually, the Missouri uh, marijuana legalization petition, which I don't think it's made the ballot, and I haven't heard yet if it's received enough petitions to make the ballot. But the language in there is actually very oriented. I don't know if it's oriented around the Commerce Clause, but it's, it's definitely oriented around the Ninth and Tenth Amendments, uh, which they had formerly done with alcohol. Um, now, recently, to try to kind of strengthen my argument, I did some more research on the Commerce Clause, and it kind of seems to be like on the ping-pong table as far as interpretation. And there are times in the past and present when uh, the Commerce Clause is interpreted as applying to commerce that even would occur within the state. But it, it just it's one of the problems like, with, uh, you know, with constitutional arguments, because the Constitution means whatever those people in Washington, D.C., calling themselves the Supreme Court, say it means. Right, and as you can see just from the research you've done, they disagree within themselves right. on what it actually means. Timothy, thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight. Appreciate it, sir. They shouldn't be able to hold a law against somebody unless every one of the Supreme Court justices can agree upon it. Boy, that'd be nice. I mean, you know, if it's right, if it should it's, be clear. You know, I mean, the default should be something is legal. You would think that everybody could come to the conclusion that you know, rape, murder, uh, stealing, these things are illegal. One eight five five four fifty free. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Hey, Mark, you had a TSA related story tonight. Yeah, this is kind of a sad story, actually. This is uh, um, it's very old people. Uh, Omar Petty and Madge Woodward, they're 95 and 85, wow. uh, respectively. Madge is the, uh, the, the the spring chicken in this, uh, this situation. And they went through a TSA checkpoint line and basically... Uh, I, l- l- let me read the story here. Right. What's the source? Uh, this is from DetroitNews.com. Got it. And it says, can you imagine an 85-year-old lady and a 95-year-old retired Air Force major in wheelchairs being treated like terrorists? Mm. Petty asks, recently sitting in the kitchen of the Bloomfield Township home he shares with Woodward. In March 29, on March 29, Petty and Woodward arrived at the San Diego International Airport at 10 a.m. for a flight scheduled at 11.36. As usual, Petty and Woodward removed their shoes, jackets, sweaters, and put all along with all their other belongings, belt buckles, carry-on bags, purse, jewelry, including Petty's money clip, into a, uh, a total of four rubber bents. Petty says a security officer asked him to remove Kleenex and $300 in folded bills that he had in his pocket and send it through the detector. Now, I've been told to keep my folding money on me in the past. Hmm. Um, I hesitated and said, do you really want me to put my bills in there, Petty said? The officer said yes. So Petty put the cash into the fifth bin, and he and Woodward proceeded through the metal detector. After both set off the alarms, they were patted down. The security officer did a litmus test on Petty's clothing, which tested positive for nitrites. Petty explained that he carries nitroglycerin pills for his heart. Nonetheless, Petty was taken to a private room for yet another pat-down by a Mm. different officer, while the same security officer emptied their carry-on bags and rifled through them. 
When I was patted down, I'd never been for, before been touched in every part of my body, Woodward said. This is the woman. And as the search went on, the couple, both widowed and met a few years ago in a bridge game and fell in love, became Aww. increasingly concerned about their missing flight. Finally, they were released and told to retrieve their belongings, but only after four, um, only the four bins were handed over to them. When Petty hey. inquired about his $300, what? a senior <gasps> security official was called over. Petty says the officer insinuated that they were mistaken about the missing cash, wow. instructing the two to take off their shoes again to check their pockets again. And when I told him, I mean, you, like you don't know if you've got $300 in your shoe. Uh, when I told well, him, the idea being that uh, these old folks couldn't possibly, they're just uh, senile. They don't remember what happened to their money. Right. And he said, uh, when I told him... Uh, we were going to miss our flight. He asked me if I was objecting or refusing his request. I said, no, I'd do anything I was asked. I'd just like to know where my $300 went. Um, finally, the petty says the officer promised that he'd check into their video cameras and see what happened. To the How'd that work bin. out? Uh, nothing. They haven't heard anything, and yeah. uh, that's it. You know, basically, that's that's the story. You know, There's you your travel, there goes your travel money, buddy. 95-year-old, one of them retired Air Force vet, widows. Right. What happens if you don't put the cash in the bin? Well, then the TSA agents don't get a bonus, I guess. <laughs> I know, but like, what are they? What are they going to do to you? They refuse to allow you on the plane. Is that a violation to not put money in the bin? I mean, that's not metal. What? As far as they're concerned, doing any, doing or saying anything that is contrary to what they do or say is, uh, yeah, that's a violation. It's not a police state, though. We'll see you tomorrow night online. In the meantime, freetalklive.com. Have a great weekend. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. I am mad. Dirty ass. Take away everything you can get. Keep them on the hook with this affordable plan. I call it democracy. Mojo. Everybody knows the game is rigged. The poor stay poor, the rich stay rich. Four new songs from Raja Mojo. Buy them today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com.